0: Sup, freaks, it's your boy Marty Bent, here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I just had another high quality rip. I think you guys are going to like it. Let's just jump right into this episode. It was brought to you by like, our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App. Cash Apps help you stack sats, send sats, receive sats, and sell sats if you so please. We say sats, sats, sats sats because sats, sats are the standards 100 million sats in one whole bitcoin you don't have to buy a whole bitcoin you don't have to buy a fraction of a whole bitcoin you can stack whole sats instead and cash app makes it easy you can dca dollar cost average into sats set it and forget it by daily weekly bi-weekly cash app can be your bank account they're offering account numbers and routing numbers if you want to get your paychecks direct deposited into the app you can do so they got their boost program they got their boost card except they wherever Visa's is accepted you can personalize it it's pretty dope. Little birdie told me cash apps. Thinking about integrating the Lightning Network as well. It's a beautiful thing. If you haven't downloaded the cash app yet, make sure you do so by using the code STACKINGSASSES, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owl's Lacrosse. That's Owl's Lacrosse. Cross. Owls the Owl's Lacrosse. This rip was also brought to you by good friends. Are very good friends at Unchained Capital We talk about them quite a bit in this episode About their multi-sig Collaborative custody model Which is what we're shilling today Okay Do you guys want this Go you know, from zero to multi-sig as easy as possible Do you want to make sure that you have Your bitcoin security Beyond single sources of failure And custodians like That only hold one key And don't allow you to do Collaborative custody And even beyond single-sig wallets, well, Unchained makes settling. Setting up collaborative custody, really easy for you. Sign up for their concierge onboarding or a free consultation, okay? For long-term Bitcoin savings, it's important to eliminate single points of failure. No matter how careful you are, sometimes things can go wrong. When they do, you need to be confident. You need the confidence that you're not going to see your savings go to zero. If you're using an exchange or custodian, the single point of failure is obvious. Not your keys, not your coins. Slash the company's staff and your login. But even if you're using a hardware wallet, you're still exposed to other things, other types of single points of failure. Your wallet, its backup, and even yourself. Unchained makes collaborative custody easy. Collaborative custody is the answer to developing the confidence that your stash is safe. It's based on Bitcoin's multisig no single key controls your bitcoin and one key is shared with the trusted partner in this case unchained capital who will be on hand to help with the recovery if one of your keys is lost or stolen requiring multiple keys again in this setup a two or three multi-sig to spend your bitcoin ensures that your bitcoin savings are safe even if you make a mistake while ensuring you're always in total control setting up a collaborative custody vault may sound daunting for some listeners it may sound daunting but our friends at unchained have made getting started super easy with their concierge service. The concierge team will provide you with personal one on one guidance to get you set up with the secure solution fast, even if you've never held your own keys before. They're gonna get you comfortable, they're gonna do video calls with you, they're gonna get you hardware wallets, they're gonna walk you through this process. They direct, and when they send you those hardware wallets, they're coming straight from the manufacturer. They walk you through the setups, uh, steps at your own pace and cover everything you need to know. That your Bitcoin is secure. So sign up. Once you're set up with Unchained, you can easily access other services, including buying and selling Bitcoin, Bitcoin retirement accounts, and Bitcoin backed loans. You can begin the shares onboarding service at unchained-capital.com slash concierge. You're gonna get fifty dollars off if you use the promo code TFTC. Tell them that TFTC sent you. If you're not quite ready to dive in yet, you don't want to, you're not comfortable with collaborative custody, just want to check it out. They're offering free. Again, that's free ninety-nine. One-on-one consultations to help you learn more uh, on what's the offer. Go check out this concierge service on their website, unchained-capital.com slash concierge. I'm not going to se- spell it out for you. A little spelling bee action there. Uh, tell them TFTC sent you, and then go check out everything else they're doing at Unchained. They're doing incredible things. Incredible, incredible, incredible things. This episode was also brought to you by good friends at Lend at Huddle Huddle or Huddle Huddle has their lending platform now. It's a new non-custodial Bitcoin-backed lending platform that allows peer-to-peer lending and borrowing between users globally anonymously and on your own ter- on your own terms, no KYC, no AML available um for US clients, which is a rarity for for Huddle Huddle products and usually because of the regulatory environment here they're not allowed to allow US customers to participate in their incredible product suite. However, with the land platform, since it's non custodial, us US citizens, subjects, whatever you want to call us, can participate. If you're short funds, you don't need to sell your Bitcoins, get some liquidity by borrowing. Use your Bitcoin as collateral. Again, two or three multi sig escrow. This is how it's set up. It's non custodial. You hold one key. Your counterparty in the loan holds another key, and then HODL HODL holds that third key. Again, you can't move your Bitcoin out of that. Obviously, that would not be a very conducive for a good lending uh, relationship with your counterpart. However, having one key in the 2x3 multi-sig escrow account gives you visibility into the wallet, which means that you know that your sats are there in escrow throughout the duration of your loan. They're not being rehypothecated, so you can have confidence that if you're paying that loan back, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. It's a beautiful thing leveraging B- Bitcoin's native properties to do this. If you have some stable coins laying around, you're looking to earn some interest, you can enter the other side of this order book. You put your stable coins up to be lent out to Bitcoiners who are posting their Bitcoin as collateral, you give it to them, uh, and they pay you back uh, whatever the loan principal is plus some interest, so you get some yield on that. Create your offers and set your own terms at lend dot that's l-e-n-d dot h-o-d-l h-o-d-l dot com that's dot incredible team over there last but not least this rip was brought to you by good friends at brains brains b-r-a-i-i-n-s the team behind slushpool team behind brains os plus firmware they're doing incredible things we've been talking about the slushpool update for the last few weeks that was pushed live uh many days ago at this point I want to say many weeks, but I'm not confident enough to do that. I'll just say many days, many, many days. Slushable has a new update. You can split uh, payouts. You can set payout thresholds. They've got dark theme. Uh, We're loving it at greatamericanmining.com. Disclaimer, we use uh, Brains slash Slush at uh, at Great American Mining. Disclaimer, sponsor the pod Um, with Brains Firmware on the mine, Brains OS Plus firmware update uh, has been released, includes full support for the AmpMiner S17E and T17E, as well as some significant improvements to the auto-tuning for all X17 devices. It's available now at brains.com slash OS slash plus, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com slash OS slash plus. Brains OS Plus is compatible with any mining pool, public service announcement, if you're running brains of us plus firmware on your machines you do not have to mine on slush pool you can point at any pool you want but if you do want to mine with slush pool they're going to uh, offer you zero percent pool fees nice little vig there since network hash rate is at one year lows due to the china crackdown now is a great time for miners to juice up their a6 while with auto tuning firmware and stack even more sats for those that know how it works Mostly comes down to the silicon and the hashing chips. There are small variations in the silicon quality for every chip in an ASIC. Typically, stock firmwares come with the machines, treat That come with the machines, excuse me, treat the entire device as a uniform unit, sending the same frequencies and voltages through the hash boards. Brain's OS Plus boosts performance by experimenting with different frequencies and voltages on each individual chip to learn which chips are higher quality than others, and it calibrates to send more work to the higher quality chips and less work to the lower quality ones. The end result of this per-chip tuning is more hash and thus more sats per watt of power consumed. You're... Hashes are going to go longer. They're going to get you more sats. Currently supported devices are the Antminer S9, S9I, S9J, as well as the S17, S17+, S17 Pro, T17, T17+, and the ones just added, the S17E and T17E. Next up are the What's Miners. I'll believe it when I see it. Edward, just kidding. Just saw Edward Ever- Evenson. Edward Everson. Ha <laughs> ha, Ed. Uh, he had a bad name name tag on one of these events. It's all Ed. They're making a lot of progress on the what's miner stuff. Still, I'll believe it when I see it. At, they're also working on the S19s from Bitmain. Stay tuned, TM, for more updates on the firmware and slush pool. And check out insights, I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S, dot brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S, dot com, for more content, stats, charts, and mining profitability tools to stay on top of everything happening in the mining industry and stay on top of everything happening in the Bitcoin industry by enjoying this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. Love you, freaks. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all all the central banks going nuts.
1: So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies bitcoin is the victor i mean that's part of the bull case for bitcoin if you're not paying attention you probably should be probably should be
0: what is up freaks it's your boy marty bent here about to go live on the live stream boom we're live what is up freaks welcome back to this week's episode of rabbit hole recap sitting down here my my very good friend matt odell matt how the hell are we doing what's up good friend marty bent (laughs) <laughs> good friend great friend incredible friend brother how are we describing our relationship who knows i've been up since four thirty a.m i woke up in miami took an uber to fort La- lauderdale took a flight to atlantic city i've been putzing around all day trying to get my energy back and
1: Wait, why'd you fly out of fort lauderdale instead of
0: miami it's just much more convenient with atlantic city oh uh, to-
1: it's there was no miami to atlantic city
0: no, no, we don't get those direct flights.
1: Atlantic City must be a shithole fucking airport.
0: It's not necessarily a shithole. It's very small. doesn't have everything you'd want. It is convenient. Like the, uh, the walk from the front door through security to the gate is very short. Because uh, it's small. Yeah, likewise when you get off the plane. Not a lot of walking. Not too busy at any point in time. Fort Lauderdale
1: is a pretty small airport too.
0: Well, it's bigger than Atlantic City. But it's tr-
1: way smaller than Miami.
0: Yeah, I've never even flown into Miami. Every time I go down there, I fly from Atlantic City and into Fort Lauderdale. It's not bad. Four thirty in the morning, the Uber from Miami to Fort Lauderdale was uh, like 25, 30 minutes. It wasn't that bad. It I
1: was pleas- I was pleasantly surprised by Miami Airport. I flew out f- uh, for Bitcoin twenty twenty one. I flew back from Miami. Yeah, or actually, I actually yeah I I went to Indian and back, and then flew about. So I was there three times. It was a good airport. The whole mask thing in the airports is just infuriating.
0: Uh, but, uh, really is. I ripped it off uh, this morning as soon as I I got off the plane, like walked through the thing and got to uh, the gate ticketing booth and the one spirit uh, representative was like, sir, please put your mask on in the airport. And I just completely ignored her and kept walking.
1: <laughs> the freaks... Uh, no, I don't really need that much of an excuse, but it's turned me as a traveler into way more of an alcoholic than I was before because the bars are like the mask-free zone.
0: Yes, yes, So you
1: just, as soon as I get through security, I just go sit at the bar and I just fucking pound drinks until like 10 minutes before boarding closes, five minutes before boarding closes. And then I just get on the plane and then as soon as drink service goes, I just start drinking again.
0: Yeah. The uh, The ways in which you try to avoid the mask in the airport on the plane. On the plane this morning, I was tired, wanted to go to sleep. And obviously mask on hurts of breathing. So I just pulled my hat down like this and just hit put my mask under under my mouth. It's and
1: so fucking ridiculous. I had to
0: hide the fact that I had my mask down, like using my hat, just so I could breathe correctly.
1: Federal crime.
0: Literally, federal crime. Don't tell Spirit I did this. They might uh they make them at me for for being a a, a viral terrorist, if you will Oh, it's crazy. It's ramping back up. It's ramping back up. Delta should bear. We, should we like
1: launch an uh, like an airfare focused podcast that we just talk about traveling on planes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> traveling on planes, our experiences. I hate airports. They're just getting worse and worse. Ooh, way there. <laughs> we'll get to Bitcoin eventually, but I have to tell them <laughs> uh, the way to Miami Monday morning ac to fort lauderdale going through security and ac and i had to go through the scanner and i had uh shorts on with um uh with a tie like what is a tie rope what the fuck is it what am i thinking belt not a belt but <laughs> strings that i tied into like, oh
1: like the elastic not elastic
0: it was it was strings i had strings that i tied and so like it was like a little bulky in the front of my shorts, and I go through that fucking scanner. Whenever I go through that scanner, I give the double bird because I just want to voice my... you're dis-
1: supposed to put your hands up or whatever?
0: This voice my displeasure with the whole process because it's all bullshit. But I get out, and uh, I'm, like, waiting to see. I have nothing in my pockets, nothing. And just, like, my whole dick area is red. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, sir, I want to pat down your groin. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And, like, the, the guy next to him. And then, like, I was just wearing shorts, no underwear. I was wearing flip-flops on the plane. I was, like, barefoot, like a T-shirt and these shorts. It seems like I'm going to have to run. I'm going to have to pat down your groin. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And the guy, like, next to him, he was like, all right, no need to no need to get angry, sir. Like, step back in. We'll see if, like, something happens. I like, go back in. Nothing. It's like, what the fuck is this process? What is going on here? Well, the original... dude was ready to, like, grab my dick, too. I was like, get the fuck away from me.
1: the The original design of the machines, if I recall correctly, was... It was actually like, would show like an x ray image, but for privacy preserving uh, concerns, now it just shows like a
0: A heat, like a
1: square, like it'll show a square, like this area is concerning, but they don't actually see like an, they supposedly don't see like an x ray image of your junk. I'm surprised you don't get more trouble for flipping the bird when you go through.
0: I do. They, they, some not, they don't always catch it. Sometimes they will. They'll be like, hey, that wasn't cool. There's kids here. And I'll be like, fuck you.
1: I hate. You have the, no rights in the airport whatsoever.
0: I hate TSA. I hate that whole process. Am I just a contrarian that hates everything that that is mainstream? Maybe.
1: No, I mean the TSA is oh, just fucking. It's
0: a bunch of mouth breathers. Like these, they waste
1: us a shit ton of time. They waste us a shit ton, ton, ton of money, and it's not really actually effective at you know preventing terrorism. I mean, we saw. I, I mean in general terrorism seems to have subdued but we even saw for a little bit there we saw bombings just happened on the opposite side of the tsa line right they had that massive bombing in uh what was was, i think it was belgium Mm -hmm. where it was on the other side it was it was they bombed the people waiting online
0: yeah just just next time you're in the airport if you've never thought of this just look at the tsa uh employees and think to yourself, like, is this really the last line of defense that's going to save save us from a terrorist attack?
1: And... Well, I would just push back. Well, I, I agree that they're probably not, but I would push back at being angry at the actual employees, like they have a shit fucking job. They do. Um, they
0: do like their power trip too, and they some they, of
1: them, some of them do, but they, they I do. feel like most of them are just they, take, they know they have a shit job and they just do it every day and they, they just their
0: shit job and they. I mean, they focus their anger and angst about that shit job on you know, the people that are being cattle herded through their process. It's like, eh, if you're going to take this job, don't take it out of me when you're angry and you're frustrated and you're, and you're not liking that. Go work somewhere else.
1: The TSA is actually it's kind of relevant, right? Because it's a perfect example of using fear for go- government overreach and then that never getting rolled back. Right. And this is kind of what we're seeing happening with COVID. Like, I, most of the shit that's getting implemented, I'd be very surprised if it ever gets rolled back. It's just going to get worse and worse.
0: Yeah. These temporary agencies' solutions uh, are never very temporary. We're 20 years into the TSA in their current form and they're restrictive. Think about how much time is wasted in those fucking lines and that whole process. It's incredible. Um, incredibly uh, depressing. Yeah, it's not temporary. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Guess what? LA, mass back on. Austin, thinking about mass back on. Delta variant, cases up. It's coming. It's coming. If you're vaccinated, you're 100% safe, except for all these people. Have gotten COVID and died from it after being double vaxxed. It's crazy, like the discrepancy of messaging across the world. Like you have Israel, something like sixty four percent of hospitalizations are people have been double vaxxed. Similarly, in the UK, and then like here in America, somehow the statistics are like a hundred percent of the people who are hospitalized because COVID right now are unvaccinated. It's like eh. definitely bullshit. It's in the lineup, I like, but I think
1: Israel like closed their borders even to vaccinated people now. Yeah. Sydney's going back into lockdown. Did you see the video clip of of What's them that? in Sydney talking about using financial surveillance to enforce lockdowns?
0: Yep, yep. They're gonna track your. They're gonna track businesses and debit card transactions to make sure people aren't going out and eating. They'll, they'll know. The dystopia. Again, we we mentioned this last week. And the tone of last week's rip was very unemotional, I don't want to say unemotional, but very serious, I would say. Um, Cause it, 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 I think we both agreed that it, it, it feels like a palpable escalation of authoritarian narratives and attempts to uh, clamp down on the populace has, has picked up in the last couple months and it's accelerating. And I, and I would, I would argue that trend continued over the last 7 days since we last met.
1: Yeah, I f- I feel like it's heating up. Right? I don't know. I am I, I maybe I just have a constant bias about these things. Um but it 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 feels like uh Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's like you you it just it's I I I feel in my normie circles um a lot of a lot of you know resurgence in like the covid fear tactics and as a result i expect and i think i talked to you about this off the record back in miami uh where we were like kind of we oh maybe we were like in the eye of the storm it kind of looked like maybe we had passed the point of of you know people have pushed back they said we, we don't want vaccine passports it wasn't going to happen in a lot of different places um and there was like some hope like for a little bit there there was like oh maybe it won't be like wide sweeping vaccine passports surveil everyone track everyone make them comply um and i said i was like they're just going to go one variant after the next they're just going to be like this variant this variant this brand you need to get your boosters you need to do this and the, and once the you know once everyone who volunteers to get the vaccine does it then the pressure begins to try and get the the remnants of that
0: yeah and it's again incredibly logically inconsistent like it's just like oh my god with the whole vaccine and again it's divide and conquer te- te- techniques i think that's the thing that scared me in the last few months specifically about the perceived escalation that that we may both believe is, is happening is the overt divisive tactics, particularly the messaging around vaccinated versus unvaccinated, the pandemic of unvaccinated people is one of the lines, the the media and the political class has been running with to try to stigmatize people who have, Decided that they would rather not be part of a, an experimental vaccine rollout. Um, they would rather risk uh, getting it and surviving. I
1: mean, to me, the biggest, the biggest fucking thing that pisses me off is this idea that it's anyone's fucking business,
0: right? Somehow,
1: you know, I forget about the conversation about the efficacy of the vaccine or the safety of the vaccine or whether or not you want to get it. If you want to get it, get it. If you don't want to get it, don't get it. But like to think that and and this is not just from government right i've had family members who think they have a right to know whether what my decision was why the fuck do they have a right to know what my decision was how is that any of their business it's fucking crazy and it's just i i I feel the pressure only getting higher from here and uh do we see the uk is is rolling out passports now i expect it to go all throughout europe and governments can't secure data they just fucking can't. So if we're just going to give them even more data, we're going to give them location data. We're going to give them medical records, have them all keep that in their insecure databases. It's a fucking mess.
0: Agreed. And we're going to pick up this, this line of thinking after we get to the dashboard because there's so Wait, much. Is this
1: a Bitcoin podcast?
0: It is. It is. Well, Bitcoin plays into this, right? We, we will connect it back to Bitcoin, I'm sure, um, particularly when we get into the CBDC, the travel role conversation. Uh I want to talk about it's not on the list, but I want to talk about the New York Times op-ed about CBDCs. So it's just complete fucking
1: Oh yeah. I read that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just like a it just reads like state propaganda in, in the New York Times. But we'll get to it. Uh currently, according to Clark Moody's dashboard, the price of Bitcoin is thirty-two thousand three hundred thirty dollars. One cuck is gonna get you three thousand ninety-three sets. We're at 606.6 billion, close to 666. Not quite, though. Uh, We're at block height 693,199, getting close to uh, 692,200. Currently, we are 1,305 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, which is estimated to be on July 31st which is nine days away from now. So that would be next Saturday. Uh, And that is estimated as of right now to be a 2.1 upward difficulty adjustment. Blocks have been coming in at 9 minutes and 48 seconds on average since the last downward difficulty adjustment of 4.8% last week. Mempool, stronger than it was last week, but not really that strong. Uh, 1,271 transactions in Clark's Mempool. Uh, you can send any one sat per byte transactions that you want right now pretty easily. Samurai still pumping.
1: mempool is a fucking ghost town. Continue. <laughs>
0: uh, Samurai pumping still. Whirlpool capacity, unspent capacity at three thousand five hundred thirty-five point zero seven BTC. That's one hundred and fourteen million dollars in uh, in unspent value there. So that that continues to rise.
1: That was the second time you froze up on me. I don't know if it's me freezing or you freezing.
0: I think it might be you. I'm not freezing on my end.
1: Freaks, have you noticed that? Let us know in the live chat just so if I can reset, I'll reset. Okay, uh, continue. Samurai Whirlpool fucking pumping. Love to see it.
0: Whirlpool pumping. It
1: should in low-fee environment, in an environment where privacy is being attacked from every fucking corner right now, it looks like.
0: Yeah, The are the are the privacy uh, coin joint implementation builders just criminals looking to, to evade? the law
1: i froze it was my fault they are not (laughs) privacy devs were called both criminals and spooks which (laughs) you can't be a criminal and a spook spooks are it's impossible for a spook to be a criminal because he works for the government and the government decides he's a criminal um i'm going to i'm on the wrong wi-fi so i'm gonna switch so if i just keep going
0: okay Matt's on the wrong, wrong Wi-Fi. He's gonna s- switch. I was, I was uh, accused of being a spook this week. It was, it was very funny. Um, okay, I'm back. I was accused of being a spook by uh, an individual because I, I did not agree with Michael Saylor's approach to Trojan horsing uh, the public markets.
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean, you should everyone should be skeptical in general when it comes to Bitcoin. Uh, People should not trust, they should verify. They should not have heroes. They should keep everyone honest 100%. There are definitely spooks amongst us. This is something that we've talked about on the podcast many times, but I've seen a very strong trend on Bitcoin Twitter specifically, where if you don't like someone personally, you just make a baseless spook accusation. And it's extremely lazy and not productive. No, um, and if you want to call me a spook for saying that, by all means, fuck you. I don't care. You should, you should, you should be concerned.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, typical consolidation period. Uh, yeah,
1: Bitcoin goes sideways. Everyone fucking loses their shit.
0: It was crazy. That's why I got to focus. Is we got to have something to work on. That's why it was. It felt nice being in Miami this week and not being on Twitter that much and being productive and actually meeting with people and talking with people about about business ideas and grand visions for the future of the mining industry.
1: Well, that was mining disrupt.
0: Yes. Yes. Mining disrupt.
1: Did you disrupt mining?
0: I think I have certainly disrupted the conversation in the mining industry for, uh, to some extent over the last couple of months, not at the conference, but I think there's a good, a uh, good case to be made. Uh, no, not me personally, great American mining and anybody else pushing back against the, the ESG. Communist movement has definitely disrupted what some people thought would be uh, a rosy walk into uh, painting Bitcoin mining as something that's going to go 80% renewable in the United States, which I, I think is a very lofty claim. We shall see, though. We shall see. Uh, mining World you is fucking spook. Uh, I'm a spook. I'm a spook. Um, no, there's mining Is very the mining. Industry is very exciting right now. It's a, a lot of opportunity, obviously. We're talking about the sash rate migration. But uh, talking all, I spent a lot of time with Austin Storms from Great American Mining. Uh, over the week, we, we, taught, we hung out quite a bit, obviously. Uh, we were both representing Great American Mining. But it's the first time we've seen each other in like two years. We talked about a lot of shit, one of which was uh, the migration. He's, he's on your side. He's skeptical. He's waiting to see. We've seen old-gen hardware. Hit the shores he wants to see the new gen hit the shores that uh, when that starts happening that's when he'll be uh less worried about potential fuckery it's his-
1: a good sign that we see projected hash rate moving up you know projected difficulty adjustment going up this period without any attacks um definitely a good sign, but it's it's definitely you know the migrate part hasn't been visible yet yeah uh, but We just got to keep an eye on it. And in the meantime, you know, wait, wait a little bit longer for confirmations. I had a freak ask, um, you know, like if he should be worried about using CoinJoin. Like if you're just sending Bitcoin, uh, if you're just sending Bitcoin to yourself, whether that's, you know, UTXO management at a low fee or if that's CoinJoin, um, you're never at a risk from a reorg because you always control the private keys of the destination address. It's only when you're interacting with someone else um, that you could be at risk, specifically receiving Bitcoin transactions. Because if I receive Bitcoin, for instance, and then I rent you a movie, and then that reorg happens, I've already rented you the movie, and now I don't have the Bitcoin, right? So it's specifically if you're receiving Bitcoin is when... A reorg can fuck you. If you're just sending it amongst yourself, or even if you're sending it to another merchant and they accept it as confirmed, you know, that's on them. That's not on you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is where we delve into the whole zero conf debate, zero confirmations. What is the appropriate amount of confirmations to wait before you uh, have the confidence that that's not going to be reorged out of the chain? And it varies, varies for each individual, each corporation. By the amount of Bitcoin that you're sending, maybe you're comfortable waiting for three confirms if you're sending fifty bucks worth of Bitcoin, but maybe you want to wait a hundred if you're sending three hundred million dollars. Right,
1: and if it's your buddy, then whatever.
0: Yeah, um, that was another interesting discussion <laughs> at dinner. Um, went to dinner with a of people from the mining industry, and we talked about like what is the security budget, like how much security is enough security for the Bitcoin network, how much hash. Is enough security for the network, and the answer, the honest answer, is you is you don't know until you find out, right? Like, yeah,
1: it's, that's the problem.
0: Right?
1: Is like you don't you don't know if it's enough security unless it's not enough,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. So
1: it's better to overshoot. It's better to overshoot.
0: Yeah. Um. No. That, but
1: like, meanwhile, like I've been saying this recently, you know, I've been BSV has been extremely insecure for the longest fucking time. They finally got attacked. Right? Like, attacks weren't happening. Bitcoin Cash, extremely insecure, you know, hasn't really gotten attacked in any kind of meaningful way besides when BSV was attacking them. Um, Tron still exists, you know. Binance Chain exists. Fucking FTX's bullshit still exists. Ethereum, you know, hasn't gotten any kind of, you know, large-scale attacks against it.
0: They just sell so, with all these fucking yeah, build updates. Did you see their... their well, t- worked over the weekend
1: my favorite part is like recently like so miners have been front running like uniswap trades and stuff like that like been front running DeFi stuff Mm -hmm. so miners have have been attacking users is what's happening on the network right and in classic ethereum fashion they have a term for it it's called mev Miner extracted value and it's how much a miner can make attacking the fucking users of the network it's supposed to be securing but they made it a fucking they gave it a fancy term
0: mev helping drive value to your ultrasound money (laughs) (laughs) uh nah yeah yeah not even worth wasting any more breath on that just know that be aware freaks if you're if you're into that weird stuff um stuff like that goes on and uh it may potentially only get worse if they ever successfully transition to proof of stake, so be aware
1: the reason I laughed earlier was because there's a freak in the YouTube live chat uh Hornet M that called me out because no one rents movies anymore, and I used that as my example
0: <laughs> yeah the the one example that you say you're buying a desk, buying a chair, you just finally well, to buy a chair
1: I was trying to think of something digital you're
0: selling because- your chair for Bitcoin.
1: I didn't mean like renting a DVD or a VHS. I meant like a pay-per-view movie or something. Yeah. And the reason I said that was because it's something digital that is instantly done, right? Like if you if you're ordering if you're ordering a desk online, like they can wait confirmations before they fucking give you the send you the desk. Like waiting an extra 60 minutes an hour that's fine, but if you're trying to do like a pay-per-view movie, you can't do that. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah.
0: All right, so timely, uh, not timely. What do I say? A, um, relevant to the present day example, maybe like buying a UFC. <laughs> buying a UF
1: We're not allowed to use chairs as example either, because then we're short Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, should we jump into the list? Let's go yeah, back. Yeah,
1: let's fucking rip it. What?
0: Let's start with Europe. Like we were, we were talking about um, the authoritarian push it seems to be growing and accelerating and becoming more noticeable if you're paying attention day by day as it relates to bitcoin specifically the european union the parliament over there seems very very poised to bring regulation against bitcoin again they they dragged the travel rule um into the conversation last week and did we t- did we even t- we recorded before that um that bitcoin dev Yes. It uh, proposed before
1: I to- said "fuck this shit," and yeah. then there was a bent about it.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's start. Is with- that
1: on Thursday?
0: I think that, that that dropped Friday. That dropped the 16th. He that-
1: intentionally waited. Yeah. Right. He he didn't want to do it. Before- if you're gonna do something controversial in Bitcoin Land, you should do it on a Friday morning because then it's the longest time before RHR happens and we calm down before we talk about it.
0: Yeah. Remember that and. There's something else that dropped right after RHR last week. We'll mention later. It doesn't really apply to this topic. But yeah, we'll start with the the dev, the dev li- mailing list.
1: It, it was an ATM operator.
0: Mm-hmm. General Bytes.
1: General Bytes, right? One of the OG ATM operators. And he, wanted, he, he messaged the mailing list, the Bitcoin dev mailing list, because he wanted to create a BIP for complying with the travel rule um
0: basically allow you to attach identifying information on individual users to addresses correct
1: no it's it's actually you attach it you attach it to the qr code yes so it's just the uri so like a qr code could have whatever data you want to have in that so there's nothing visible on chain but you know with most of these atms the way that it works is is you you take you take your phone wallet right you have a QR code on it and you, you put it under the scanner and then it pays your phone wallet, right? And that scan process, he wanted a standardized process for putting wallet type, name, contact, you know, name, information, all the identifying information that a traveler would require.
0: Yes. Yes. Which is like, so having just been at this conference, BitStop, the ATM provider based out of Miami based team as well. Shout out Drew and Doug and everybody else there. Um, I bought some. It was my first Bitcoin ATM experience yesterday. I bought like twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin using their ATMs, but I had to put in my name and address and phone number.
1: Usually, it's a phone number, and then I look up the phone number for the rest of the KYC information. But some of them you can get away with the burner phone number.
0: Yeah. Um. It was a cool experience buying from an ATM, but yeah, I had to put in some information. So it's like, why try to add that to a QR code? Why? might start leaking that into the mailing. So my takeaway from it, like you said, fuck that, fuck this shit.
1: <laughs> A I, very nuanced opinion.
0: I concur. Um, but it's an example. And again, agree or disagree with how, what I think about the mining council and ESG, like this is an example of regulatory pressure, forcing people in the industry to attempt to change bitcoin in one way or another maybe it's not a protocol change but it's just like a a creeping nudging co-op by the regulatory state uh, of bitcoin and that was like a prime example of it and i'm very happy to see the the reaction of uh, bitcoiners publicly outside of the mailing list Uh, inside the mailing list i believe david harding responded politely it was just like "Eh, create a new bip and this
1: is where you submit your bip.
0: Yeah, submit your bip here and I'm not even gonna delve into the, the political aspect of, of what you're trying to do. It's not not the forum for it. Um very cordial, very polite, but I think too nice. Uh it's David Harding is a very nice individual, um, if you've ever met him. But
1: very nice dude. But it should have just the response should have been fuck this shit, use Google.
0: <laughs> right. Um as an example, like the travel rule. So again, looping this back to uh, European Parliament, European Union, uh, it, that is another thing. They're making a concerted push to, I guess, everybody's like, oh, this is probably nothing, but there's other people who are like, no, they're really going to try to do this. So the European Euro- Union's trying to ban private cryptocurrency, privacy-preserving cryptocurrency. What is, Wait, so, what is the, so, the wallet that they're thinking of?
1: I mean, look, there was a bad... Re- Reuters, we always do this, Reuters had a bad headline. In classic fashion, they like doing that. They have the clickbait ha- headlines, you know. Mainstream media likes doing clickbait, um, so they had that headline. Uh, the, you know, FATFA, the Financial Action Task Force, who Marty's going to remind you is unelected, filled um, with demons. <laughs> filled with what?
0: Demons. They're demons. demons
1: yeah. Oh, unelected. Unelected demons. Um, they're the ones who. Drafted the travel rule, right? And then you have all these member countries whose job it is to then implement it in their own jurisdictions, right? So, like, there's a US implementation of the travel rule, and now this is the EU implementation of the travel rule. Usually, the US comes
0: first. Yes. And, and yeah, uh, it's just so. So I, I love some of the responses to this particular email uh, on Twitter. I think uh, you had a great one. I think Stop to Crypt had a good one.
1: What was Stop to Crypt? I missed that.
0: He quote tweeted you.
1: A little bit shadow banned.
0: I believe. And you um, basically said like, because hey, 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 like, Carol, uh, C- Carell, I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly. The gentleman who sent the, the email to the mailing list. Basically, like pleaded in the in the mailing list, hey, I need to do this for our business. If we don't do this, like yeah. they go under and and stop. At the curb, was like, yeah, it sucks, but tough luck. Like, Bitcoin doesn't doesn't wield to the the whims of your business and whether or not uh, the regulators in your jurisdiction will allow it to operate or not. So, because the Bitcoin protocol works in a certain way. So
1: we've discussed the travel rule at length. I mean, we were part of. The few I think that were, you know, sounding the alarms about it in December, um, you know, back when Bitcoin was like eighteen thousand dollars. By the way, to everyone who's freaking out about the price, um, and the the intention, at least right now, is 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 between they call them VASPs, right. Virtual Asset Service Providers, and what they mean is they mean exchanges and custodial wallets. Um. And so these, these are third party custodians and they say that those custodians need to know who they're sending Bitcoin to and where the Bitcoin's coming from. And they need to communicate that some way. Now, the wording that came out of the EU was a little bit vague. So some people are some people took it as them going after non-custodial open source wallets that don't have a trusted third party. Right. Um, Naraj from Coin Center says that's not the case. I don't know if it's the case or not. It probably isn't the case, to be honest, in the beginning. Like, in the beginning, they're just going to want, like, Coinbase and Binance to communicate with each other. And if you go from General Bytes to Coinbase, then they have to know and yada, yada, yada. But I think, ultimately, the inevitable conclusion of all this shit is to try and push it onto non-custodial wallets as well. Like... Like, if, if you're watching all this fucking unfold and you don't think that the next push is to try and go after people who hold their own Bitcoin, um, that use Bitcoin privately, what fucking world do you live in? Like, they fucking, they're getting people to scan QR codes to go into restaurants and and you think, like, they're just not going to fucking come after self, you know, private bitcoin usage or sovereign bitcoin usage like that's just fucking crazy
0: it's insane incredibly naive and arguably incredibly stupid as well to be that naive Uh, especially when you have the backdrop of every central banker in the fucking world pumping cbdc's like they've never done before like
1: i hate the term cbdc
0: surveillance coins yeah. opticon coins whatever you want to call them uh we have, christine we have christine lagarde in the european union just like openly and aggressively saying we're going to have a central bank digital currency a surveillance coin like we're going to implement one if to think that once they implement that, that they're going to allow bitcoin to freely float and people to use it as they have for the last 12 and a half years is extremely naive and stupid like they're going to attack it and they're going to use the travel rule and try to force these <laughs> regulations written by unelected demons that have been thrust upon us uh they're going to try and force it on on the industry the wild provider yeah. like, the attacks are coming I and mean, again like we said last week the attacks are here they're social attacks they're
1: they've been it happening
0: they may seem innocuous but they're real and they again it's the nudging.
1: We're frogs in a fucking pot that's heating up slowly,
0: and it's I don't think it's heating up slowly anymore. I think we're getting the bubbles are starting to starting to it's pop it's a great sound they're they're wake up i mean if you're if you're here joining us i'm I'm sure most of you are awake and aware of this, but
1: <laughs> central bank digital cuck bucks
0: <laughs> I love that. Central bank digital Cockbox. yeah, CB.
1: You're just gonna fuck with Marty and acronyms now, Marty. You just fuck. It's It's
0: CBDCB. CBDCB. All right, CBDCB. Yeah, they forgot the
1: B at the end. They dropped the B. They dropped the B when they say it.
0: (laughs) Uh, But it is. I mean, they're posturing. Powell came out. They're gonna have a white paper for uh, a Fed central bank surveillance coin. Central bank Kuck uh Augustine Carsten's have come out and, then, and again again back to the NY the New York Times op ed. now you have like the journalist arm of the propaganda state and the <laughs> New York Times coming out and being like, yes, we want we want a a stable coin or excuse me a, a central bank digital currency because it'll allow us to uh, <laughs> implement negative interest rate policy. Uh, to force people to spend money in a certain amount of time and to uh, eliminate illegal activity, uh, which we all know is just a mumbo-jumbo of words that essentially lead to we just want to control everything that you do. Like to think, and again, criminals are going to commit crimes. To think that if you you create this surveillance coin and you have the ability to granularly control who can transact with who and who can send money to who and who can see, receive money from who and to think that people aren't going to route around that in some way is just again completely naive and stupid um, it's not about criminals it's, uh, it's the the carrot that they put in front of you to, to instill fear. The criminals
1: are like the few people that have privacy and they're going to continue to have privacy after the fact. Right. If you criminalize privacy the only people who have privacy are fucking criminals. It's and then, meanwhile, they're going to fucking steal all our data and then use it against us. And if, if you think KYC works, they're going to steal our KYC data and use that KYC data to open accounts in our name so that they don't have to fucking do it. So, let's talk about this New York Times article because it was super blatant. It was, but- it was written by like a Cornell University. He's probably boys with uh, He Who Must Not Be Named, um, also at Cornell. Um, i might call him an elite hacker but i'm not gonna fucking say his name
0: oh you're
1: gonna make me say his name uh eamon yeah eamon
0: eamon greer i've been blocked by him for years. massive
1: scammer yeah he still exists he's still running the same thing i mean i'm blocked too
0: i forgot he existed
1: yeah i forgot he existed too but someone tweeted about him the other day and then i looked at his page and he's still going man
0: God bless but anyway,
1: this guy's from Cornell and he's writing a book on digital currencies and he's advocating for CBDCBs and uh, and he basically outlines like we can force people to spend their money, we can do negative interest rates, they're not going to have any privacy, we can track every transaction and cash is going to be dead. He basically just puts it all down in, on a, in a New York Times op-ed and they send it out.
0: And so this is, again, like I was saying last week, I don't know if it was on Rabbit Hole Recap, but certainly in the Bent and Friday's issue, is this is part of the ruse. Like they say all this stuff, like we want you to be thrown into this digital Panopticon. We're going to airdrop money into your account. You're going to have to spend it quickly. You're going to have no privacy. You're (laughs) going to get taxed immediately via uh, negative interest rate policy. They say this out in the open nonchalantly. That's part of the roots. Like, they just, they just do, oh, yeah, this is the way things are supposed to be. And then they get the media, obviously, in this case, the New York Times, but CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, they'll begin parroting the same type of lines, and they'll do it nonchalantly as well. And then they'll begin to ridicule valid dissent that individuals like Bitcoiners will put up, like, hey, maybe we should prioritize privacy. Maybe negative interest rate policy is theft. Maybe... Uh, you shouldn't airdrop and like try to force people to consume over a certain amount of time. Maybe that, that wax up incentives uh, to a certain degree. uh, And they'll ridicule you. They'll call you stupid. They'll call you a criminal. They'll say, what the hell do you have to hide? And uh, people who don't have time or the ability to dive deep into these subjects and understand the nuances will take what Jim Cramer, what, uh Rachel Maddow, what that fat fuck Brian Selter at CNN says and they'll be like, This is the truth. Like I need to run with like this. yeah, yeah, C B D C Bs are good. Like we need to we need these cuck bucks. Like, what are you talking about? Bitcoin bat. C B D They say this all nonchalantly, out in the open, and people just mindlessly are like, Oh, he's got a suit and tie on, he's behind a desk at this news station. So what he says is true, and I should go with that. It's crazy. Like the fact that You have people openly advocating for the 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 deterioration and destruction of financial privacy in the New York Times. It's like, where the fuck are we? What the hell is going on here?
1: Well, so like the main argument will be the three main arguments will be low fees, greater access, uh, greater access for poor people. Like poor people will be able to access this. You know, that's what they're gonna say. Um, and then the third thing is going to be like terrorism and money laundering. Those will be the three mainstays of why you're going to want CBDCBs. And if you disagree with that, then you just don't love the country.
0: And, and energy. Um, don't lean into energy as well. Maybe. Uh, in the EU, that's how they posture it. And Powell said it too. Like, oh, we'll be able to do this uh, by uh, converting a fraction. Of the amount of uh, energy into electricity that the bitcoin network uses lagarde said that point blank
1: right maybe if they're specifically saying against bitcoin but when they're transitioning people away from cash and stuff it'll be i think it'll be those other three but if the argument is against bitcoin specifically then maybe they'll say the energy thing and they'll keep going with the energy thing but i i think it's it's cleaner just label us terrorists yeah uh (laughs) than than making an An energy argument, but uh, maybe.
0: Maybe I am a terrorist. I do want to destroy. You're
1: not a terrorist, Marty. Neither of us are terrorists. We both love this country.
0: I love this country. But I fucking hate the politicians and the central bankers.
1: (laughs) I do not support terrorism one bit.
0: Uh, I support subversive terrorism that's peaceful, which Bitcoin provides the world. That's peaceful. I want to terrorize the the halls of the Federal Reserve building. Uh, Nope. From the comfort of my own home just by buying and, and holding bitcoin nope no can't run with that too, too no
1: terrorism no terrorism support for me
0: <laughs> no we do not support terrorists with this podcast you guys support us <laughs> i'm fucking with you it's a joke hey susan Wojcicki. i'm just kidding this is just a joke Whatever your name is. Should we get it on to rosier topics? Maybe we'll come back to this.
1: I have a rosy topic. Get into we're it. We're about to hit block 696969.
0: Six, nine, six, nine. Ooh. That's an exciting one. 696969. Six, nine, six, nine. We're not like imminently about to hit it. Where are we right now? We're it's coming six, up. 692200. So 696. Six, we are, no, we're like 4,000 blocks away from that, dude.
1: Yeah, that's pretty soon. Lower your time preference.
0: Like a month and a half.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty soon. <laughs> we're we like should, six RHRs away.
0: Yeah, we should start teasing this in like five yeah, hours. that's what
1: we're doing. Let's build it up.
0: All right. Maybe, all right. Freaks, Block 696969 is coming up. What should we do about it? We're very mature on this podcast.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Let's, we'll, do, we'll do a special episode.
0: <laughs> six. Nine. Should we get uh, the rapper six nine?
1: We might be. I feel bad because it's sold out, but we might be in Dallas. That would be cool.
0: Ooh. August twenty sixth. Yeah. If you
1: guys want to join us and you don't have a ticket, you can't. I'm sorry. It's sold out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get in there, if you can. You got to find somebody who can't make it. It's uh. It's uh. It's gonna be hot. Figuratively and literally in Dallas, Texas, that weekend. Gary, love you. Conference at the end of August in Dallas, very hot, very hot. That's
1: what everyone said. He's been pulling it off, though.
0: He has been. Yeah.
1: There's been. air conditioning. Air conditioning exists.
0: Being made aware that more tickets have just been opened up by Justin uh, Evadon.
1: Oh shit! Well, freaks, I appreciate you listening to the show, but if you do not have a ticket. Leave the show. Go figure out where the, where to get those tickets are if you're watching it live because it'll be sold out very, very soon. He does not have much capacity. Website. Um, website has tickets available. Yeah. According to the live chat. If you're listening to this on the podcast, it's probably already sold out by the time you listen to this. So I apologize. That
0: is true. That is true.
1: Um, I have another rosy news. What's that? Um, this happened before RHR last week but we forgot to put it on the list. Um, Saquon Barkley, MVP of the NFL, future MVP of the NFL, best running back in the league, uh, announced that he's going to put uh, all of his marketing dollars, all of his ad money into Bitcoin and Bitcoin only. No shit coins, none of that bullshit. Um, doing it the right way. And uh, I think it's going to be like, they're projected it's like 10 million, 12 million dollars uh, he should bring in this this year in in add money and he's going to put it all into Bitcoin through strike.
0: Shout out to Quan. I would um, <laughs> push back on your, your accolades that you thrust on him that has he ever run. MVP? He hasn't won MVP yet.
1: No, this year he's going to though. The only, the only uh, investment that will outperform Bitcoin this year is if you bet on Saquon winning MVP.
0: Debatable. Good luck with that. Hasn't he had an injury? Uh, I'm a Pennsylvania. He's,
1: come, he's coming off an injury, yes.
0: My wife went to Penn he's State. He's
1: going to blow everyone away.
0: So I, um, my wife went to Penn State, so we are Saquon fans here, even though we're Eagles fans. Um, first, Giants are sort of a bitter rival. Football's getting boring, though. Yeah, I said it. But on to the next topic, which is the fact that Brink, uh, the – company dedicated to giving out grants to Bitcoin developers to work on the protocol and tangential software is run by a uh, good friend, John Newberry and Mike Schmidty has uh, issued two new grants. Uh, one to Larry. do you say Ruane? Does that sound right?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good guess. Apologize, Larry. I'm glad you got the grant. Apologies if we uh, mispronounce your name.
0: Well, Larry's got a, an interesting story that we'll get to. So Larry's, uh, Ruane, I hope I'm getting that right, at Larry Ruane, on Twitter, L-A-R-R-Y-R-U-A-N-E, and Sebastian Falbasoner, I think I got that one right too, I uh, have been issued grants from uh, from Brink. Larry's story is interesting, he came to Bitcoin Core by way of Zcash, working for the Electric Coin Company, which is a development firm that was uh, basically launched to, to develop Zcash, but Zcash is a fork of bitcoin core um and i guess larry uh, learned the way of of the bitcoin core code base via that that
1: but electric coin company yeah is like the consensus of zcash
0: exactly yeah um
1: there's a zcash foundation and then there's the private company that's electric coin company which is like consensus with the of ethereum and then there's zcash the chain and the protocol that's just a complete shit coin it's just trending to zero
0: yeah um he will still be working at the electric coin company for a little bit but he will be focused uh a good portion of his efforts towards bitcoin core review which is essential
1: again both of them are reviewing
0: yes both are reviewing sebastian and larry Um, which is
1: that's very big Yes. There's been a lot of calls for for more people focused on review, so good to see that from Brink and mm-hmm. friends over at Brink.
0: Yes, and uh Sebastian, he he got into the game in 2014. Jimmy Songs uh introductory post on Bitcoin development helped guide him and, and now he will um he will be working on on review as well. And this is great to see. Again, something we're very passionate here. At TFT, we're very passionate about here at TFTC, which is how to fund these open source contributors to make sure that Bitcoin uh, has sufficient amount of review, testing, and uh, code that works that gets implemented into the protocol to make it more rebu- robust, resilient, distributed, private. Uh, there's there's many aspects of all those those features that we want in Bitcoin that, that need to be attacked by many different people doing many different things, and so. Seeing what Brink's doing, what you're doing at OpenSats, what uh, BitMEX is doing that we talked about last week, uh, yeah. more Square Crypto, more and more of this um, is
1: BitcoinDevList.com. If you want to donate directly without a trusted third party,
0: yep, you can you can donate to your favorite devs on GitHub as well. Do month recurring monthly payments, um, and then another thing that got announced right after. We recorded RHR last week was Square Cryptos. No, isn't that Square Crypto? It's Square. No,
1: it's Square, Square. It's a new company out of Square.
0: Jack announced in a thread last week that... It's like
1: a subsidiary company. Yes.
0: Um, similar to what Cash App is under Square, a new subsidiary company dedicated to uh, providing open source DeFi tools for Bitcoin. So I guess they're going to try. Uh, but it's
1: hardware wallet, right?
0: No, that was announced at Bitcoin 2021. Jack last week. Where have you been? He announced uh that they're gonna create this open source initiative.
1: I thought it was like self-custody. So Self- why do you say DeFi?
0: Is it like that's what it's for? They want to I think they want to jump into like DLCs and uh, oh, so
1: my understanding, maybe I'm just completely wrong. My understanding was in Miami or During the time of Miami, Bitcoin 2021, he announced that they were thinking about an open source hardware wallet and developing an open source hardware wallet. Now, my understanding of the recent announcement is we are going to have a dedicated for-profit company that is focused on self-custody Bitcoin things. And I assume the hardware wallet initiative is part of that subset of that company, right? So if you're going to have an app on your phone, we know it's mobile-focused, right? You're going to have an app on your phone that handles the interface and everything of of whatever you're interacting with with Bitcoin. The whole thing is is going to be open source and self-custody. And the hardware wallet is going to be like an add-on element of it if you want to up your security in that situation. So like I assume... That is going to all be part of that same subsidiary company.
0: Yeah. So I'd imagine it'd be a, a holistic suite. Um, Thorgel Agerson in the chat says it's going to come with the CIA backdoor, but hopefully if it's all open source, we'll be able to find that CIA backdoor and close it um, with, with sufficient code review. We need code review all over the place. So that was uh, an interesting initiative that got launched last week. Again, as uh as the authoritarian creep continues and accelerates, it's good to see that uh, there are at least some Bitcoiners out there still fighting on the front lines to get uh, as many developers focused on on making the network as robust and resilient as possible. Because it's, I don't know if this is the intention of why they're doing what they're doing, but it is good to see this going on as uh, it seems like the attacks on private Digital peer-to-peer cash uh, are are beginning to be lodged by the powers that be. You got you got a software updates early on the list. You just want to knock them out. There was that- just
1: a lot of software updates, and there wasn't much other news besides uh, Bitcoin price dumping a little bit, and a bunch of bears coming out of the woodwork to try and dunk on me, and other oh. Bitcoin bulls. Um, just real quick, I mean, we have Kevin in the in the live chat, who I assume is behind in the show and he's trying to catch up uh so he's not going to hear my response to his comment that he made in the live chat but he made a comment in the live chat that um uh, about vaccine passports and about a business uh a private business having the right to check uh if you've been vaccinated or not and i 100 agree a private business should have the right to check uh if if they want to limit their if they want to limit their private business or event or you know whatever they're doing uh to a certain subset of people by all means but i also don't think that businesses should be compelled to do it by the state and that's where we are right now we're not there no one's arguing whether or not a business should 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 be deciding what the business wants to do it's the exact opposite if anything you know these businesses are forced to lock down and comply with absolutely everything
0: yeah agreed um yeah, you can do what you want. and You're and actually. I just
1: won't surf. To go to those businesses. Yeah, you're. you
0: have <laughs> consequences monetarily. And hey, here's a spin zone on that, Kevin. If you want to keep your cooties t- to yourself, you know you, you're not supposed to like roll out vaccines in the middle of a pandemic that actually fucks up with the variants and stuff like that. So you may actually be contributing to the the exacerbation of this quote unquote pandemic that's going on, creating the Delta variant. You may have contributed to that. So. Just be aware of that. You could actually be doing more harm than the people who aren't getting vaccinated because you're just going along with what fucking Pfizer and Anthony Fauci are telling you to do. Uh, and you're actually throwing a, a ring in the natural course of, of events. So be aware of that too. It's a possibility, it's out there. Um,
1: we let Kevin derail us. Let's continue the conversation.
0: We have software updates. Seed Signer version 0.4.2 has been released. I've never seen Seed Signer, I don't believe, on the software update dates list uh and they're calling this release the from cold to warmish release what's going on here not sure yeah okay
1: but i like the project i met the guy who's project lead at seed signer in miami he presented in the Foss dome um good dude it's a cool project the idea is a build it yourself uh hardware wallet that you can incorporate in multi-sig setup uh very easily um, similar to Spectre, do it yourself, um, and it's just it's it's a great project, and we're going to be tracking it here at RHR going forward.
0: Yes, we will be. We're going to try and track all the projects that we can, freaks. Spectre desktop version one point five point zero has been released. Uh, I have a feeling there was a big thing in here. Or was that their last? It was
1: translations.
0: Time? Translations. They
1: translated into like a shit ton of fucking. Didn't they open
0: an API too?
1: I'm sorry, freaks. I know I curse a lot. I, it's probably a lost cause. We're three, three years in now.
0: Not, didn't they didn't they release an API too? Uh,
1: I don't. What is it in the release notes? I, I put the release notes here. Let's click them.
0: I thought I saw, yeah, feature API framework number one, two, three, two.
1: What does that mean, Marty?
0: I don't know. No, I thought I saw Ben Kaufman <laughs> talk about like an API that other apps could leverage to pull in some of their. Function. We
1: haven't had uh, a segment of Marty release, Reed's release notes in, uh, <laughs> in like five months now.
0: I'm going to search underscore Ben Kaufman.
1: Well, yeah, apparently they have released some kind of API framework, but I have no idea what that means, so I'm not going to speak to it. Marty is very in tuned with it, so he's going to tell us. now has saying. a
0: new API which would allow easy integration with third-party softwares and unlock new use cases. Yeah, I think that, that's a pretty massive update for them. I was right.
1: Marty was right.
0: I was right. Um, I didn't even need the the release notes. I just knew that from memory. Um, It's really impressive. (laughs) Next up, Samurai Dojo version 1.10.1 has been released. Matt, this is the point where you just stop me if there's anything.
1: Yeah, I'll just stop you. I don't really know. I just put them here
0: eclair version 0.6.1 has been released electrum electrum version 4.1.5 has been released lnd version 0.13.1 beta has been released uh blockstream green Desktop version 0.1.10 has been this
1: one i know what they added what's that they added coin control finally
0: Boss, shout out blockstream coin control important those need,
1: need coin control in every wallet make it the standard let's go
0: Yes, those are the software updates of the week. Again, do not rush to update these if you're not comfortable, be aware that they exist.
1: The next two are like kind of software update tangential.
0: They're launches, right?
1: Yeah, so we have Greenlight by Blockstream. Have you seen this? It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it seems pretty dope. Like there's a very easy way to spin up a lightning node in the cloud. It seems similar to voltage. Um, No. No? What's the difference?
1: the private keys never leave your device Uh, on chain and lightning.
0: Okay.
1: But what that means is it means that when you're not using it, they just turn off the node in the cloud. So you spin up the node in the cloud, super easy. You have a seed, you hold the keys yourself on your, on your local device. Every time you use it, it needs to communicate with your local device to update channel balances, whatever. So you can't use it as a routing node you can only use as a personal note is my understanding. And I assume it doesn't say it anywhere, but I assume as part of the trust model, because they're turning off your node is that they're incorporating watchtowers in some way, Mm. but they don't mention that. So my first thought was your nodes offline until you use it in two months, you know, what's going on with my channel partners. Uh, So, because you can't update channel states, obviously, if your keys are not hot. So I assume they're integrating Watchtower somewhere along the line, but I don't know that for a fact. But it's a really cool concept, just this idea. Of, and and you spin it up on their infrastructure, but you can move it after the fact to your own infrastructure if you want.
0: Yeah, you can port it. Uh, this came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting this. This was a, a very pleasant ninja launch that, that happened this week a lot of people have been working or eh, not a lot of people at the end of the the post says they're a small team working on this but um i saw some blockstream stream folks tweeting like oh, i've been waiting to announce this for a while so again lightning uh lightning continues to get more mature the tools around it get get more mature as well the accessibility is is only getting easier and, and it's a beautiful thing to see uh we all know that I'm very bullish on Lightning here. Specifically, I know Matt is pretty bullish as well, and uh, it's the stuff that's going to be enabled by Lightning specifically is is mind blowing. I was on BTC um, sessions, Ben's Happy Hour podcast last Friday, and Elise Killeen, myself, Ajay Boyapati, and um, Jeff Booth were talking about this. Like people just right now, or most people, not everybody but just view lightning as this really cool payments layer but it's so much more than that when you get into like network stuff and
1: most people don't even know lightning exists
0: yeah right
1: and even bitcoiners there's a whole huge subset of bitcoiners who have never used it
0: never used it and really again i'll just focus on the payments aspect of it being able to easily send and receive bitcoin and channel but um like the the network and the communication tools that could be built via lightning i think what the team at impervious is working on specifically with their api and stuffing other types of data into lightning routes is pretty mind blowing when you think about what can happen there
1: well i mean you brought it up what i don't know i'm not sold yet we'll see on what impervious
0: why not what's your beef you're laughing what's your beef you got some what? Got some thoughts, obviously.
1: I don't I know. I just
0: lay them out. What are they?
1: I, there's just a, you know, there's just a lot of hype and buzzwords. So I'll, I'll believe it when I see it.
0: All right, all right. I can, I can grok that. I can grok that. I can I can respect that believe it when you see it. We'll see. It. If true. Very exciting. Outside of that, Sphinx, podcasting 2.0, incredible examples of. Very interesting use cases that the Lightning Network can enable. Um, multi sig with better privacy. Michael Flaxman, who has been this is f- super cool on uh, privacy and multi sig specifically, uh, has released uh, a blinding a seed using secret BIP32 pass. Um, so we'll link to this GitHub page in the show notes. I was at this conference all week and have not had a chance to deep dive into my technical research. I'll let you take this one. Because I'm sure you you did do so
1: this is something that I think you've been aware that they've been working on for a while, uh, and I've been aware that they've been working on a while because it's one of my biggest complaints about collaborative custody, and it's this issue that if someone's holding your key, okay, uh, I, like Unchained Capital or Casa or your lawyer or your wife or your I don't know business partner, they can see what that key is securing, they can see your transactions and your balances. So they represent a privacy risk, not a security risk. I mean, privacy can be a security risk, right? Uh, If someone knows exactly how much you have and how you spend it. So this allows uh, collaborative custody situations, um, in a way where the party who's holding your emergency key is blinded from what it's actually controlling. And that means not only does that mean that you can be in a, I think the main use case is massive, is that you can use a collaborative custody like Unchained or Casa, in a in a relatively private way, but also if someone finds um, one of your seeds in a self sovereign multisig, they don't know what it's securing, right?
0: Yeah, right. So if I remember correctly, just having talked to Michael <laughs> and the guys at Unchained about this over the years, the idea is that you take So you have an HD wallet, a private public key pair associated with an HD wallet. Then you take one of the public keys from a certain derivation path, and then you create a new uh, private public key pair using a hash of, or hashing that key or something like that to create a, a whole new HD wallet below that derivation path. And you can hide funds in that. And if you ever get in a pinch like, say, it's a situation where you, you pass and your family needs access to your Bitcoin, they have one key, and somebody, like, unchained has the other. Um, that's where the only privacy leak will come is, like, in a desperate situation when you need to get access to your coins. They'll, just, they'll have to sign, and they'll, they'll know how much you have because they're helping you move it at that point. But, um, hypothetically, theoretically, uh, if you if you're healthy and uh able to access both your keys in that two or three um setup that you have with the collaborative custody um model that you can spend and receive within that that two or three uh very privately without um... so
1: my understanding is a little bit simpler than that i might be wrong um is is so right now when, when you do multi-sig or any kind of HD wallets, any kind of wallet that's giving you multiple addresses in a row, we tend to use standard derivation paths. Um, and that is because it makes restoring easier. Uh, with this, the idea is to use a large randomly generated derivation path. So whoever the person is who has the seed doesn't know what derivation path is, it's non-standard. Now that that's a risk, you need to keep track of what your derivation path is that is chosen. Otherwise, you're not going to be access your funds yourself, or your heir won't be able to access your funds yourself. But that's like a separate two-factor type of piece of knowledge. So you have the seeds, um, and then you also have knowing where your your derivation path is, what your correct derivation path
0: is. Yeah, where to find it. And so, um,
1: and the main re- the main main use case is that these collaborative custody providers, I mean, right now, let's be honest, they're not that big. They don't, you know, most users want to use just either a regular custodian and just completely trust them or they're doing the self-sovereign thing. The middle ground where you have this collaborative custody is just not that large yet, but presumably it will become one of the most desired, trade-off balances because it's in between the two and it for a lot of people it 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 suits a very strong trade-off balance for them they get their handheld. they know there's there's professionals with an emergency access and but but at the same time funds aren't at risk they represent a massive privacy honeypot right you know we saw we've seen the u.s government and other governments hit coinbase and binance and and crack in with with uh john doe summons basically this idea tell us all of your users who are holding more than twenty thousand dollars transacting more than twenty thousand dollars on your platform they could just as easily hit collaborative custody platforms with that Um, and then from there use their coercive powers uh to to get you to to comply with whatever they want you to comply with so it's in these companies' best interests that they don't have all this private information. Because if you have the private information, you could be compelled to hand it over in the future and you have to secure it, right? It, it, it creates a massive security liability for these companies that have, they have to protect the private data. So if they don't have to do that, that's a, that's a major boon for both the customer and, uh, and the provider. And it makes Bitcoiners more resilient across the board.
0: Agreed. I mean, this, this blind multi-sig would be a massive boon for plausible deniability for these collaborative custody providers like Unchain. He'd be like, hey, we we honestly don't know. We can't know. We don't want to yeah. know.
1: We just have the key. We don't know the derivation path.
0: Yeah, and very happy to see this come to market. Michael's been talking about this for years. I think I, I remember him first describing it to me at Bitblock Boom 2018 Uh,
1: yeah that's where he described it to me too because i remember like four months before that i got into and since then i like parker's become a brother but like four months before that i met parker lewis for the first time and we had like a three-hour drunk discussion (laughs) slash debate about the risks of collaborative custody and he was like you know i want to solve that issue too we're working on that
0: hey disclaimer sponsor the podcast but
1: you heard the ad in the beginning
0: Yes, you did. I haven't read it yet, but recorded it yet, but I will. Uh, they fucking, they fucking produce like they they listen to their users. Uh, many things that I like feedback that I've given uh, throughout the years talking to Drew, Joe, Parker, and everybody working on their product. Uh, first, I I said, all right, we need we need. I want to dump an X pub into this multi-sig. I don't want like a single address. I'm just sending it to, and they provided that. And I wanted to do something where I can sign all this offline, not in a web browser. They produce caravan. Um, and like Matt and I have described, this is something that we've talked about them too. Like, honestly, like if I'm going to keep my inheritance in a collaborative custody model, I like, could be more comfortable if as few people as possible knew exactly how much we're, we're in the, the multi-sig setups that I have. And, Parker, Michael's not officially associated with Unchained, but he, I think he likes working on these problems with them. <laughs>
1: they just like use his services for free. Yeah, um, drinks. Um,
0: they've been talking about this with Michael for some time, so to see it finally, um, get fleshed out and brought to market is incredible. He's uh,
1: basically part of the Unchained team. I like consider him part of the Unchained team. Right. He says like at some at some point in the write up, he's like, there are certain uh collaborative custody uh providers that are already using this in the wild i'm like yeah you could have just wrote unchained capital in the in the write-up but uh yeah no i mean it's fantastic to see it's not even like whether or not you trust unchained it's like i i think they could either be compelled they could have a a inside employee that fucking does it they could have uh an external breach that happens it's just you don't want that information somewhere where it can be taken yeah um, Keta might have made a good point about derivation paths. It's like the twenty-six words. So like the twenty-fifth word is your passphrase, and the twenty-sixth word is where where the Bitcoin stored, how it's derived. It's also the, the, the derivation method. path.
0: You Do these custom derivation path setups, and you do it on your own, and like, and you try to experiment with your this thought. collaborative custody model to make sure <laughs> you you detail that derivation path and lock down uh, and save it in a very safe place and secure the thing
1: is with these multi-sig setups, you already have to save the redeem script and the pub keys. So you already have a separate piece of information that you need to recover. Let's let's it's, get, it's, let's, it's, let's it's, it's not it. just the seed. Let's do so, a re-
0: Yes. Let's do a refresher on this. Like redeem scripts. All that's so like, why it's just,
1: usually you have like
0: seed in the address. You need more than that.
1: If you don't have, if you don't have, the private keys that are part of your quorum, you need to have the public keys that are part of your quorum, period. And it's saved in, usually, like if you do it on Spectre or Sparrow, they give you like a printout where you get where you, where you get that information that you need. And the I guess the rule of thumb for self-sovereign Bitcoin users is to store a copy of that information along with each of your seeds. Obviously... Now we're adding this other thing. What is the custom derivation path? You don't store that with people who you don't want them to know, what, you know, how much you're holding or whatever, but you can still store the other, you still have to store that other information. So you might like, it doesn't really add that much overhead. It's just another. Another piece of information that's being stored with that stuff.
0: Yeah. Be aware a lot of nuance when you get into the, the multi-sig realm and then the multi-seek realm with custom derivation pass takes it to another level so there's levels to this shit practice makes perfect um but again disclaimer sponsor the pod i'm a very happy customer of Unchain's vault product i use it and i will be using this feature if implemented because um, again i love it i love all you at unchained but I
1: mean, that's why I, I would never use collaborative custody right now. It is period.
0: weird. Having people know how many sats you have with them. Marty
1: knows. The boys at Unchained know. Like, without this, I would never use collaborative custody. Period. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that it fits some people's trade-off balances. It's strictly better than custody. Uh, I, you know, I hate that we call it, but, but I wouldn't use it. I hate that we call it custody and self-custody.
0: We we got into this debate because,
1: like, why is why is why am I adding a word to be a proper like, uh, you're not a bitcoiner if you're not holding your own custody, like, so why am I saying self custody? I feel like we need a better word for that. Like, it's just I'm using Bitcoin and you're not using Bitcoin, someone else is using it for you. Oh, you know? like, why am I saying self custody?
0: I didn't have this conversation with you, I had it with somebody else, but yeah, there there is this nuance, right? Like, self custody. Versus collaborative custody versus yeah.
1: Collaborative custody makes sense to me. That does. Custodial wallets make sense to me, but they're doing the same thing with us. They're saying unhosted wallets are self custody, but still, self custody is a horrible word too. It doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. I use Bitcoin. If you're using Coinbase and keeping your Bitcoin on Coinbase, you're not using Bitcoin. Why am I saying self custody versus custodial? It does. There's.
0: Yeah, what is the right term? There was like a oh, I had this conversation with the short bits guys, with Ben and uh, Chris, like, what, like and it had to do with uh, like multi-cigar scroll, where you have one key, your counterparty has one key, and then a third party has that third key. Like, what is that? Like, you technically don't have custody because you can only sign one, one it's key. collaborative custody. What is that?
1: Yeah, it's collaborative. It's just got. Three collaborators instead of two.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and that falls under the collaborative custody label. Okay. Yeah. Marty, what is even the plural of custody? <laughs> <laughs> Someone has that in the chat.
0: Custody, custody, I.
1: <laughs> custody, I.
0: Custody, I. It's like cacti. That's the uh, the plural of custody uh
1: bi-weekly self-custody
0: <laughs> uh, i love
1: the ride or die in the live chat is that's what's about
0: it r- really is so shout out to michael flaxman for
1: yeah good dude
0: i mean just give him props for having an idea and working on it for years and actually getting it to market that's like not no easy feat like he's been working at this for a while so just happy for him, personally, because uh, I know he's been talking about this and thinking about this for quite a while. and Just to see something come to market is, um, I, I know it's gotta be gratifying for him. And so it'll be interesting to see how people experiment with this and implement it. Um, so go check it out, we're gonna link to it in the show notes. Uh, his GitHub page is github.com slash Uh If you guys wanna check that out. Uh, the B word, big conference, digital conference went on yesterday. I was at a physical conference while the B word conference was going on, I'll get it out of the way. Uh, obviously Jack Dorsey mentioned great American mining, uh, during his conversation with Elon. Like,
1: yeah.
0: Very, uh, very good for the brand. Very good week for the great American mining. Massive. Uh, and, and I want to say like, uh, I think Jack's argument juxtaposed with what Elon said right before I'm about, <laughs> I wouldn't
1: watch the whole conversation, right? You just watched, watched the clip out. There. out there.
0: I was, I was at the conference in Miami and, um, it was in the convention center. I had no service on my cell phone. I just had...
1: Was it in the South Beach convention center?
0: No, it was by the airport. Um, it was right connected to the airport. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, the airport convention center whatever.
1: Because Bitcoin 2021 was almost at the South Beach convention center.
0: Yeah, no, it was not South Beach. I can tell you that. Um, but I had no service. And People coming up, they were like, oh, Jack mentioned Great American Money. I was like, oh, what the fuck? And caught the clip later. Um
1: it was a great shout out. He also shout out Moon Wallet, another good shout out.
0: Did he drop the W?
1: No, he fucked it up. And someone asked him on Twitter afterwards, like, "What's the wallet Jack recommended?" I can't find it. <laughs> I'm telling you, that I love, I fucking love that wallet. It's a horrible name. It's not a good name.
0: It's a good name. It's a terrible spelling.
1: Yeah, there's, a, but there's actually a Moon Wallet too. That's like a custodial wallet.
0: Yeah,
1: uh- with O's instead of use, maybe I'll just like, whenever I talk about like the, the, the object that's in the sky at night, I'll just spell it M-U-U-N. If we can just meme oh. that into existence, then gonna, they'll have the better spelling.
0: We're going to flip in the moon spelling. It's going to happen. All right, let's get on it, freaks.
1: Someone spelled it in the BTC pin, spelled it M-U-N-E. <laughs> it's like, there's so many different, but yeah, he, that was a great shout out. Um, so that was technically they're not calling it a conference they're calling it an initiative the b word initiative um that was the only live talk of the of the event so you had you had kathy kathy wood uh jack dorsey elon musk and then steve lee moderating uh project lead at square crypto and our boy um and then you had a bunch of pre-recorded content on both sides Um, it kind of actually tangentially fits, uh, with our previous conversation because I had a conversation with Lop, uh, Bonsal, and, uh, Wiz about, uh, custody trade-offs for institutions, um, and, and, and trying to basically get them to move into at least collaborative custody models instead of fucking just sending all their Bitcoin to fucking Anchorage or BitGo or Coinbase custody or some shit um or prime trust uh so i thought our conversation i mean i'm a little bit biased but i thought our conversation was extremely productive um so 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 basically the idea of the event was let's build out a have them build out a content library right you have it was the crypto council for innovation uh put it on which we should be skeptical of. And it was headline sponsorship by ARK Invest and Square. And the idea was build a content library. Marty's talking to his lady right now. Build a content library where uh, you can send that to your institutional investors at any time in the future if they have a question about whatever they they have a question about. Um, So there's like all these different tracks where you can where where the different marty just left where the different institutional investors can look at the different topics that that our boy you see in alamandra over at arc invest basically curated i think him and steve lee basically curated the whole track list uh of, of the topics that they thought was important um so you have to come at it from that perspective, you know, you have to come at it from the perspective that it was very much a corporate event for corporate people. And in that regard, massive success. I think, I think people got their expectations way Busta, too high.
0: Busta bought What? Busta Rhymes bought after watching the conversation.
1: Did he do it because of the B word he said?
0: Yeah, yeah, he tweeted it out.
1: Um, so so like there was no hard hitting questions in the Elon Musk thing. There was no pushback, there was no I think I think Dorsey did a fantastic. I thought he did fantastic. He's a non-confrontational person, you know, he didn't push back at all, really. He he pushed back with the game thing, kinda in the That's least fun. confrontational way possible.
0: That's what I would say is like But like
1: in he did it in like the least confrontational way possible. Uh Steve, I fucking love Steve. You Know doesn't have much moderator experience of anything at all. He was thrown into a live conversation, uh, with three heavy hitters. Uh and and you know, he I think he did well, all things considered. Like, could he have pushed back more? Yes. You know, could he have structured the conversation more? Yes. Could people have could have Kathy and Jack also have pushed back against Elon? Some of the shit Elon said, yes. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, Bitcoiners, Bitcoin is filled with many different stakeholders. We're going to have more and more different types of stakeholders going forward. Um, they're all going to have different goals. They're all going to be self-interested. They're all going to act for their own goals. We're not going to be happy with every single thing that happens in Bitcoin land. Um, but Bitcoin is robust because every individual actor can be greedy. And that makes the network more secure rather than less secure. That's the beauty of Bitcoin. So... Um, was I pulling my hair out at some point during some of the conversations and some of the panels? Yes. You know, Was I, ha, have there been way, way, way worse events that have portrayed themselves as Bitcoin educational things? 100%. I think there was a lot of solid signal amongst all the content there that I have seen. Um, and I think it, it was definitely, I, I personally think it was a net benefit um, for institutional investors who come in to the space, get some solid education uh, before just coming in and be like, I'm new here, I'm going to fix this.
0: Agreed. Agreed. If I were to push back on Elon, the number one thing I would push back on is the, the idea that you could have 100% of the Bitcoin network running <laughs> 24-7 on wind and solar alone as a base load by 20 He didn't say that. Yes, he did.
1: Well, obviously, it's going to have a power wall next to it to... To take the that the, he was trying to pitch his own fucking he thing the
0: battery yeah he said right, yeah like when solar generation and so it's like that's just not gonna happen the amount of yeah, li- i
1: mean he also like they were talking about like fucking jack was talking about uh providing global access to an open monetary network for the world and fucking elon retorts with have you considered allowing your ad partners to buy ads with crypto you know like what the fuck <laughs> like what is going on here um he uh, did the the pump the pump headlines were that Elon said the SpaceX owns bitcoin that he owns bitcoin that Tesla still owns bitcoin that he has no intention of selling he said he had a small position in eth personally and a small position in doge i think it's the first time he's ever admitted that he had a position in doge go fuck himself for all that pumping dumping I think he's a massive doge bag holder, reputationally wise. Like he feels guilty, as he should, for doing that whole pump and dump with Saturday Night Live. So I don't think he's gonna drop the doge shit anytime soon. And it was, you know, it was the Elon show, you know. He he won he was very much Elon was there for himself. Um Kathy was there to mend bridges, and and I felt like Jack was you know, ready to bring freedom money to the world. Like that that was like my and there was just like no really confrontation between the three. But I I, you know, I did participate in the event. Uh I'm very grateful for them giving me a platform. Um I think our conversation was very important. I think there was a lot of good conversations there. I would also add they gave a spotlight to chain analysis at some point uh before the talk. Um before the Elon and um jack and kathy and steve talk and uh i mean fuck them talk about collaborators uh i but i understand you know how i we've seen so much worse we've we've seen so much worse it's just like people got their expectations way too high i think there was a lot of disappointing people after the fact i think they just got their expectations this was not the forum where you're going to get hard-hitting questions or any kind of real deep discussion um
0: that happens on Tales from the Crypt. Citadel Dispatch. Rabbit Hole Recap. That's where There's it's good. going to happen. With that being said, our, our resident Elon Stan, uh, full-time Bitcoin, asks, to what extent did Elon redeem himself in your minds? It doesn't deserve to be 0%, in my opinion. And I agree. I said that pro- I gave props where props were due yesterday. Elon did call the government, the federal government, out as a uh, institution, as a monopoly on violence and uh doesn't really do good for the world which i would agree with which i would agree with
1: i felt like the event i felt like it was kind of like elon was handed a silver platter to redeem himself in the eyes of bitcoiners and uh i just don't think he really took advantage of the silver platter that he was handed i think
0: uh i don't i think i
1: think he showed a gross misunderstanding of bitcoin He talked about, you didn't listen to it, Marty. He talked about big blockers. Yes. Uh, He talked about the rules of Bitcoin being old and antiquated. He talked about people not running their own nodes. It's not about everyone running a node. It's about anyone being able to run a node if they want to run a node so they can interact with the network without a trusted third party. There was no pushback against Elon. And Elon expressed many times a lack of understanding of Bitcoin, which is fine, but he did it in a way where it was... I'm Elon, I'm here to fix Bitcoin. I've discovered Bitcoin, I'm here to fix Bitcoin. Even his introduction in the beginning, it was just like, he was just saying big words. He was like, I founded, you know, x.com and paypal.com and this and that, and and then he said all these big words that I can't even remember what big words he said. You know, it was just bullshit. Um, And I didn't expect pushback against him. So we didn't get that, but mostly he was ignored. His comments were ignored. It was like, Elon says his piece, and then we say our piece and then we move on. And at least Elon admits that I own Bitcoin and I, you know, yeah, I'm not going to dump it.
0: Again, disclaimer, I work for Great American Mining Square, sponsor of the pod. But I think that's that response to the renewable energy baseload for Bitcoin mining, Jack's response to that rolling into what we're doing at Great American Mining, making uh, the world more energy efficient by utilizing energy that would otherwise be completely wasted and literally just burnt and sent to the atmosphere was like a tip of the hat. Like, Hey, it's not the only energy that could be used to to power mining, which is, uh, very subtle. But I think, uh, at least I, again, personally invested in the company and in the movement, um, appreciated that, that bit of pushback, um, personally. And beyond that too, like, I know I shit on them a lot and have, been vocal uh, on Twitter against Elon posturing t- against his companies and his narrative that he's trying to get out there. But I don't think he's that smart. I, r- I really don't. I don't think he's as smart as people make him out to be. And Austin and I were actually talking about this um, yesterday, like, cause we did watch some of it and at least get uh, watch clips of some of the arguments he was making on Twitter. Uh, Yesterday after we were decompressing after the conference and it was just like, holy shit, this dude's got like 2013, like FUD lines, just recycling shit that's been rehashed over the last 10 years. Like we just need to make a book of Bitcoin uh, talk.org threads that are just like FUD that has been hashed out over the last 12 and a half years and just start handing it out to people like, hey, uh, Bitcoin consumes too much energy. Be like, all right, here's a Bitcoin talk thread from a decade ago. That's
1: what this initiative was supposed to be. Right. And and all the other tracks were pretty much that. But this one talk that was live, that was the flagship talk, there was no pushback. There should have been, and I feel like I'm being a little bit too hard, to be honest, because I think it accomplished its goal. I think the goal was accomplished. Elon's not an enemy of Bitcoin. He's actually pretty much a supporter. He's an extreme narcissist and uh, elon's there for elon but he's not an enemy of bitcoin yada 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 um, and that square arc tesla they're all aligned for bitcoin that was the idea they accomplished that i think in mainstream media's eyes in institutional investors eyes they accomplished that but there were so many opportunities for you know elon saying Well, you know, maybe the block should be a little bit bigger. Maybe we should increase the transaction throughput. Maybe, you know, the, the, the nodes can, can consume more, consume more bandwidth and more disk space, more processing. Um, and there should have been pushback. I hear what you're saying, Elon, this is why I disagree. This is why it is what it is. And there wasn't that element of pushback. Um, and it could have been done politely right but it that didn't happen so people are disappointed but i think in general you know it beat my expectations maybe my expectations were lower than yours but it beat my expectations i think it it was whatever it was we weren't the target we're not the target market for that
0: hey got busta in busta rhymes is it now I mean, uh, hey one more bitcoiner at the very least to do that and i doubt anybody sold their bitcoin ever
1: I think at one point, Elon said, like, uh, there's, like, some small countries that are using Lightning for payments. And, like, he didn't even mention El Salvador. He just said there's some small countries using Lightning for payments. But Lightning was mentioned, like, four or five times. That's four or five times more than I expected. ESG didn't dominate the conversation. It was less than, like, 10 minutes of the of the 45 minutes to an hour of the conversation. That's a win, you know? I think... Uh, I. I think I've spent years of being disappointed by corporate events. And uh, this one, you know, was better than 99% of them. And uh, in general, I think the guys at Arc, specifically our boy Yassid, uh who leads the Bitcoin initiative over there, um, they know what they're doing.
0: They do. They do. And again, outside of a few clips, I haven't watched the whole thing, so I can't speak as articulately as mad as on the, the whole event. Obviously, I'm very pumped about the some of the uh, the content that came out of there. Um it's crazy. The Jack Dorsey bumps real. Our inbound leads at Great American Mining over the last twenty four hours have been insane. Just people
1: We have uh Hornet in the comments who wants to remind you to do shout outs.
0: Uh BTC pay servers been down for a week. We had, don't have any shout outs. I need to get that back up and running. I've been in Miami.
1: It's a fucking nightmare. So, we don't have a shout-out. We might have shout-outs, but you don't know if we have shout-outs or not. No,
0: we don't have shout-outs because they can't even purchase them. So,
1: They can't even buy shout-outs if they wanted to buy shout-outs. No, not right now. Are you, so, you, Did you apologize to the freaks?
0: Sorry, freaks. I'm sorry. Okay,
1: Okay, we can carry on.
0: I'm sorry. Shout-outs will be back next week, I promise. We're carrying on uh, to Amnesty International and... The Washington Post writing about this Pegasus hack. This was from an Israeli intelligence agency, correct? Found a it's way not,
1: that- it's not uh intelligence agency. Oh yeah. Before we get there, um I mean it might be intelligent. Before we get there, Chris Fair mentioned that there was a positive aspect where they were talking about self-cust I hate calling it self-custom. They were talking about holding your own keys and like using Bitcoin properly. Um I was very happy that that was discussed. But to be fair, Elon had a tweet about, you should hold your own keys already. And I felt like it was a little bit of a, well, here's a positive aspect that Elon's already discussed and, and we can just put it out there. But it's still good that they discussed it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, everyone, I, 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 people shouldn't use custodial services, period um even if you trust that third party now at any point in the future something bad can happen where they can p- be compelled to uh, take your money so
0: steve barber is pretty convinced that all these c- custodians particularly like exchanges and interest rate providing services are rehypothecating he went on a thread the other night worried about that get your coins i mean
1: old. he's been worried about it for a while i mean i've been worried about it for a while we we're we've been due for a large uh yeah. custodian failure in a long time yeah we haven't had one in a while
0: you don't have it on the list but what's going on block BlockFi? they're getting sued well
1: we're going to talk about it i have it here but they're such a shitcoin coin company that i didn't put them on the list we were just going to talk about it on the side
0: okay should i wait let's talk about first uh, the and then go to that
1: let's talk about block before nso and then we'll go to nso okay um so block fi has been hit in new Jersey. And Alabama earlier today, and then Texas while we were recording, or like right before we started recording. Yeah, and they're being they're being hit for selling unregistered securities.
0: Yeah, they're getting hit with securities. That's
1: not what it's about.
0: The interest bearing account that they're saying is a security.
1: There's... No, 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 no. They're hitting them for the support they have. Like they even just added Uniswap's token, Uni, or whatever.
0: But in the language of the lawsuit, they, they specifically call it the interest-bearing account, right?
1: The, so here's my theory. You want to hear my theory? Yes. Here at Tales from the Crypt, we have been outspoken, All right, I think we've been outspoken, I, I, I would hope that we've considered outspoken, that these interest-bearing accounts are predatory, right? You have these interest-bearing accounts. Uh, they attract people to put money into these regulated custodians, to do kyc to agree to all the different terms you can never use bitcoin privately ever again you have to hand over your first newborn child you know you have to do all this different shit. um and then we'll give you six percent or whatever it is right um it's a carrot to, to get you into the hole and then never get out in my opinion is it's predatory i believe in a free market i think anyone should be able to do it but i also believe in my right to say that i don't think people should use it um I have seen on CNBC them repeat exactly what I said. Well, except for the right to use it. They're like, it's predatory. There's no way that they're able to offer interest rates this high in low interest rate environments. Who said um, I've seen Jim. I've seen Kramer talk about it. There's a narrative in play that the crypto world has these predatory interest rate bearing products that attract dumb retail into... Investing, um, and I—I I actually I think the I've always thought the products were predatory, right? So, blockFi is—I don't think blockFis is doing anything illegal in terms of their interest-bearing products, but they have all these shitcoins that they support. Some of them they give you interest on as well. Uh. So these attorney generals of these different states really want to fuck them on interest bearing but they can't so they fuck them on the unregistered securities and this is why if you have shitcoin support you have additional liability right you, you you add all this additional liability on top is one of the reasons i mean besides having to support the chains and whether or not they're secure or not
0: yeah. this is another reason yeah you have the well exactly you have layered risk when you add all these shitcoins the security uh, risk the the regulatory ambiguity of, of a lot of these coins uh, and then the tech debt that you accrue and like imagine being Coinbase and having like a hundred shit coins that you have to have developers uh, hopefully you're running full nodes for them to to, to to at least confirm that you're actually receiving actual coins from each different chain as an exchange um, That that's a significant uh, engineering feat that needs to be Maintained on an ongoing basis, uh, yeah. And then combine that with the regulatory aspect of uh, shit. We're we selling illegal, unregistered securities. Uh, it's not a not a risk I'd be willing to take. And I and that, I guess that's a risk they are taking. They're hoping that they can take the Uber approach, right? And just say hey, it's going to get to a point where this is so uh, pervasive and so many people are using it, it's going to be impossible to make it illegal, but. I think there's a very good case to be made, particularly in like the Ethereum DeFi world, that it's very few thousand people just. You no,
1: know, they're going to do the same thing as Coinbase, and they're going to sell out their users to to get around securities laws, and they'll just fucking pay the fine. They'll pay whatever the fine is. You know, I'm one of the best BlockFi fudders there is. You know, I don't think you. I don't think you should keep your money there. I've been accused of BlockFi Fud for years now. Um, I think it's undue risk. I think all those interest-bearing accounts are a one-way street. Most of the Bitcoin goes in there and just never comes out. Um, I think completely banning CoinJoin usage on withdrawals is straight reckless. Uh, BlockFi had a major data leak. They can't secure that data. Users should be able to use privacy best practices when sending Bitcoin. That's what CoinJoin is. Um... At the same time what do the ags see they see a company that's valued at five ten billion dollars they got semi-predatory practices at least from the ag point of view on on the securities and the interest-bearing account and it's a great cash cow you know let's hit them with let's hit them with fines let's hit them with the stuff i maybe i can run for mayor or governor afterwards i reined in crypto you know, like it's the Lawski approach. Maybe I'll join the board of Ripple afterwards. Yeah,
0: exactly. Or you go opposite, like Lawski, Katie Hahn, like you, yeah. you persecute and you're, you regulate and then you go work for one of the... see
1: it all the time. Yeah. Who's Warnabee. the guy who went to... Uh, he went from Coinbase to... Uh, Brooks. Yeah, Brooks. And then he went to Binance. And yeah. Binance has been hitting... Getting hit by all these different governments as well at the same time.
0: Yeah, Binance is already, like, lately posturing and... Taking their foot off the gas pedal because it seems—I mean, they haven't articulated this, but it seems very obvious that they're they're feeling regulatory pressure as well.
1: But yeah, I mean, look—if you have money in BlockFi, you should you should pull that money out. I don't think the interest-bearing account is worth it. I think if you want to do a collateralized loan, you should do it with someone who doesn't rehypothecate as a service. Period. This um,
0: the pod huddle huddle.
1: Yeah, and and unchanged. They both they both do it. HodlHodl does without KYC. Unchained gives you additional financial services. Understand the trade-offs. Understand the risks. I don't think people should use collateralized loans. Period. I think I've been pretty outspoken about that. If if you're on a collateralized loan right now and you opened it at 60k, you're feeling the fucking fire right now.
0: You're liquidated now. That Meanwhile,
1: you know, not only can I not sell my coins very easily, I don't I don't care. You know, I can I can sit through this. I don't have to you know raise my collateral requirements. Um, so I mean I people should be very careful with collateralized loans, period. But if you're watching three different American states hit BlockFi in a row,
0: none of which even are...
1: if you're the massive BlockFi promoter, just pull your coins out for a little bit. Is... Wait and see what happens. Is... You can always put them back in and collect interest afterwards.
0: Is Blockfi not available in New York? I feel like New York would be on this list too, but they're not.
1: They probably aren't available in New York, but I don't know. I wouldn't know yeah but i mean also fuck new york in that regard that's not Popeye's fault, but yeah
0: right um
1: none of the like none of these services are available in new york is Unchained capital available in new york
0: i don't think so at least they're i would imagine they're lending i, I bet their vault product is but not lending i would imagine yeah could the vault be considered a money transmitter no
1: the vault is definitely allowed everywhere i assume Definitely, and assume I'd have no idea.
0: I assume
1: the correct the correct response is I assume the vault products is available everywhere.
0: Yeah. Um, because
1: they don't take custody.
0: Yeah, full, yeah, and that yeah. So that's how hodl hodl can can offer their lending platform in the U.S. to U.S. citizens because it's two or three multi-sig escrow where nobody has full custody. So that's how they're getting around it. Um, beware, freaks! Beware, be aware. Yes, they're being sued by, BlockFi is being sued by three states. We'll see how that, I mean, that'll have material effects on BlockFi, obviously. But what what do you think the ripple effects of these states being successful in their their attacks um, via the securities avenue? You think it'll have a ripple effect across the the industry? He's reading comments. He's reading
1: comments. Wait, BlockFi, the BlockFi stuff is going to be a ripple effect?
0: Well, if the states are successful in their suits. If well, they...
1: first of all, I mean, I don't believe in securities like regulation, but... near do I. BlockFi is clearly uh, dealing in unregistered securities based on the laws that exist. Uh, so is Coinbase, got away with it. You know, maybe they'll sell some change surveillance software to, uh, to the IRS and the DEA um, for pennies to get, get out of it. But, uh, I think that centralized companies operating this space are going to face way more regulation, punishments, uh, attacks, uh, pressure, whatever you want to call it. Uh, going forward. I think that was always the case. I always assumed that was going to be the case. It's one of the reasons I've never uh, jumped in, you know, to into that space, um, even though that's where all the money is really in this industry, because you're just going to have to bend the knee at some point. And at some point you're going to have a gun to your head and you're going to have to comply with absolutely every fucking crazy request and, and requirement. And even at that point, they're going to decide whether or not you live or die. And that's what's going to happen to all these companies in all these different spaces. And and long-term, there'll be regulatory arbitrage. And some jurisdictions will handle it better than others. And companies will move to those jurisdictions. They'll pay their tax dollars to those jurisdictions. But in the middle ground, there's a lot of companies that have very high valuations that are extremely vulnerable to this type of regulation, this type of enforcement. And they're going to be made examples of. And some, you know, will be collaborators and they will get through it. And those will be the biggest companies. Agreed. Everyone else can't come through after them. That's what Coinbase did. Coinbase got through the fucking thing. They paid off who they needed to pay off. And then they made it as difficult as possible for other competitors to come into the space.
0: Classic regulatory moat play. No, I completely agree with all that. It's going to happen. That's why it's important to get your coins off decentralized. centralized entities, whether it be an exchange or another type of service provider in the space, get them in the personal custody. And again, be vigilant, be aware. These companies and these entities are making a lot of money. They're liking their profitability. They're going to want to continue their profitability. And if the state and the regulatory agencies that uh, act on behalf of the state, keep putting the pressure on you know, these companies are going to turn around and begin to try to influence the Bitcoin network and the protocol to ensure that they can continue making as much money as they are. It's just the natural incentives of the game that they're playing, especially publicly traded companies. And again, this is my biggest criticism of, of the mining council and the mining industry attempting to appease this esg movement and these regulators is like they don't they're gonna fucking it's like the fucking scorpion riding on the back of the frog whatever that parable is um they're just gonna like (laughs) ride you across the river and then
1: it's the the scorpion on the frog
0: yeah like it's uh, don't appease these people we should be attacking the the
1: parable is that the scorpion just stings the frog Halfway through they're crossing the river. I oh, know. He no, just...
0: stings him when he gets over. He's like, take me over. Like, I won't... No,
1: no. He string he stings them just in the middle and they both die. No. Yeah. And no. then the and the frog goes, why'd you do that? He goes, I'm a scorpion.
0: Yeah, the scorpion gets across.
1: No, they both die.
0: Freaks. Somebody in the comments correct one of do us. they
1: both die or does the scorpion live and the frog That's dies? The I'm lived. telling you, they both die. Learn your parables
0: scorpion lives i'm i will
1: scorpion dies as well that's the whole point of the story
0: they both die god damn it i'm wrong
1: that's it Mao was right all
0: right maybe that's not a good parable then how it- <laughs> <laughs> everybody's like they both die you <laughs> i thought he got a cross stung him and it was just like peace out on the fucker
1: yeah he was like i'm a scorpion what are you gonna do
0: yeah um i gotta, I got to brush up on my parables. But yeah, no. Like I, again, like the pressure, particularly from public markets, is going to be immense, immense. And yeah, I think what we saw from General Bytes last Friday approaching the mailing list and attempting to get something uh, embedded in Bitcoin because the regulator was pressuring them via the travel rule in Europe. That's only going to continue. And again, that's my biggest critique of all these mining companies going public and trying to cater to the ESG movement. First it's the energy mix and then it's like what what fucking pool are you pointing your hash at? And,
1: but that's why 2017 was so fucking bullish, right? Was because we had a large group of of major companies fail at pushing what they wanted to push through on Bitcoin. Um so I don't I don't think these companies can can get that shit into Bitcoin. I think sovereign Bitcoiners wanting certain upgraders might have trouble. It might be the opposite, right? But I think Bitcoin has proven that it's very hard to change. That is the value prop. The value prop is that it's like it's it's just it's just so hard to fucking change that you have guarantees that what we know today about Bitcoin won't change much in the future. Um, That's not true with these other chains, right? Like, I mean, the perfect example is like a little bit of a cheap shot is Binance chain, right? It's like you just press your Binance and then that's how, that's where Binance chain goes. Or Tron and Poloniex, right? Justin owns Poloniex. Or FTX and whatever their, Solana or whatever their chain is, right? Very simple. ETH, you hit consensus. They don't have, they, they, they've never shown a willingness to resist change as stakeholders. Anyone on the ETH side. Period. They just roll over. Doubt. So, there's a social aspect here, right? There's like a, there's a social aspect of stakeholders that are not willing to run code in certain situations certainly that's the hard part of bitcoin to replicate that's the part that's extremely difficult if not impossible to replicate that's what all these people miss that's what elon missed in the b word thing
0: right that's what i was just gonna say and no one
1: pushed back yeah and that was the frustrating part but i didn't expect them to push back so i wasn't as frustrated as i would be otherwise
0: uh leaning into the general bytes email and what you just mentioned running code being important running versions of consensus software let's let's war game that like what if general bytes somehow convinced
1: it's n- the URI code right so if
0: but like what could node runners do to
1: it's not node runners it's it's if if the wallet you use if you if you use blue wallet or if you use green wallet or if you use samurai wallet or if you use hexa wallet and they their uri that's generated provides all your personal information a la kyc then i'm not going to use that fucking wallet and i'm never going to recommend that wallet to anybody period it's the qr code that gets generated by the the wallet right
0: yeah but that qr code would be running be produced by a version of consensus software correct
1: no there's not consensus code
0: not it's consensus code, but a implementation. A
1: standardized, standardized information-sharing QR code format.
0: But produced by the, the implementation, right?
1: It'd be produced by the wallet.
0: Well, then why would there be a BIP?
1: Because there's BIP for things that are just wallets that are not core.
0: Okay. But it goes to the core process.
1: I mean, a perfect example is BIP47.
0: Yeah. Pay right.
1: names. or BIP thirty nine, seed words. Seed words were universally uh, derided for for incru- inclusion or not derided. Uh, discouraged, discouraged for implementation, and Derider. and uh, independent wallet developers followed that standard regardless. Core, core didn't for a while. I think they added it recently.
0: Yeah, they did recently. Um,
1: But Core didn't add it for a long, long time, but individual wallet providers did it.
0: Yeah. So you
1: can have standards. What was the payment? I forget. You know, I should know my BIPs better.
0: BIP7. You're thinking about BIP pays BIP70? Yeah. That's what you're saying.
1: They were the only ones who implemented it, right? Yeah. But like individual wallet providers could have implemented that. Mm Mm-hmm. This is kind of similar. I probably this would probably be as similar to that as possible as, as, as any of the bips, right?
0: All right. That makes sense. So it seems like regardless, General Bytes could just fucking write this into their wallet software and their ATMs. They
1: could submit the bip. The bip will be there. We're following this bip. If you want to be a part of our coalition of cucks, you <laughs> can uh, implement it. <laughs> but I won't recommend any of those wallets. Period. I won't use the wallets. I won't recommend the wallets.
0: Yeah, seems fair. Seems fair. Free market playing out. You could try to do this. I'm going to discourage, and we'll go use something else. Let's get to this NSO spyware.
1: Right. So this is a private company. The Israeli the the Israelis say that <laughs> they, that their <laughs> secret service or whatever wow. isn't involved. Yeah.
0: God. Um, Intel. I'm just
1: you know of course they are but I think ours is as well.
0: Yeah, oh, 100%. You know.
1: Um but technically it's a private company. One of the things
0: It's like a Palantir of Israel.
1: It's like our weakness as free market proponents enables this. And it's it's a hard line that I can't stop but governments are using basically private corporations to do their surveillance. And yeah. They either actively partner with the private companies or they compel the private companies to hand it over, right? Like, so you have Google as part of their ad model are just completely corporate surveillancing us, right? And then you hit them with a gag order and you take it. Alternatively, you have a Palantir or an NSO where you're literally paying them out to carry out these attacks, right?
0: Yes. exactly.
1: Like their business model is to carry out attacks.
0: Reminds me of, uh, what's her name? Jen, Jen Psaki, the um, person who speaks on behalf of Biden, um, press secretary. And, uh, did you see her spiel this week about um, forcing social media companies to to ban yeah. the- it?
1: If, if you deplatform yeah. them on one platform, yeah. you should de-platform them on all the platforms. Yeah,
0: it's, a, it's very similar to that. Just leverage, like...
1: But it it's a very effective... Right, because if you can have a private if you can have a private company do it, then all of a sudden constitutional issues go uh, you don't have to do yeah, it.
0: There's a bunch of hand waving like they're private, they can do whatever they want.
1: Google Google's a private surveillance company. They're they're storing all that data. You know, us as the US government, we're just asking them for the data. That customer can't have an expectation of privacy. That's on a third party server. There's no expectation of privacy there. They don't need a warrant. They're able to just access it. They can even give Google a gag order. Now, NSO is a little bit different because there's governments that are legit paying NSO for the software. And they're, then they're hacking journalists with it. So the journalists got really pissed off. The NSO software was used to, to help kill Khashoggi.
0: See, um, it was also used... Pissed off too. What? seems like apple got pretty pissed off too was that it just- was
1: used to hack into bezos's phone he that whatsapp hack where he got where he got caught cheating on his wife mm-hmm. that was nso um and the majority of the phones that were compromised were iphones i think it was like 41 that are known and like 37 of them are iphones um iphones are a are a Uniform system. So if you have a compromise, if you have a zero day exploit, if you have an exploit that someone gets a WhatsApp message and they click it or they see it and it compromises the phone, it usually works across all iPhones. With Android, the major negative from a consumer level is you don't get updates uniformly, but that also means it's harder to hack just because there's just so many different types of Android phones, right? So it's, it's not as uniform. Uh, and as a result, zero days on iPhones are way cheaper right now, which is a, it's, it's probably the best way to, to tell with these things. Um, but anyway, this NSO story is a perfect example of surveillance overreach. Um, the journalists got very offended, rightfully so, that so many journalists were targeted. P- political enemies and journalists were like the main targets. They're the most profitable targets, let's be honest um and i think it was like it was it was it was similar to the panama papers where like there was like a group of different organizations that all reported and dropped it at the same time Mm -hmm. um and the way you know that there was meat to it is on the same day they dropped it the u.s accused five chinese hackers of compromising american systems (laughs) So they like had their,
0: uh they're
1: ready for their disinformation, you know, their,
0: it's so, their,
1: their way to cover it. They're so, cover f- the coverage.
0: Crazy, dude. Oh, it was Russia. It was China. It's like, what the fuck?
1: Well, look, I think the Chinese are owning our systems 100%. I think the people that are, 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 are advocates for, oh man, uh, forced, forced data collection on Americans by american companies are complicit in any breaches that happen but i do think the chinese and the russians are owning are
0: i don't know if they're owning rivers. they're definitely attacking i wouldn't say owning but like with this pegasus stuff too like obviously Israel's a big uh, ally of the us but like this pegasus thing like came from ex israeli intelligence like we know that israel has a uh a very robust and effective uh basically intelligence arm that that does a we lot the of the best one good hacking i don't know about that even but like the america
1: has the best one we're the best we're the best cyber criminals
0: uh yeah well that too it's like very hypocritical yeah just like russia china russia china and again i agree they I they... think
1: russia and china have very good
0: i think they do too but like uh, there was a I forget who somebody from Cloudflare, which is funny enough, is the next topic we're going to talk about. But like, came out and said like, overwhelmingly, like the amount of attacks they get come from Iranian IPs. You never heard like Iranian hackers. Maybe every once in a while. I don't know. There's just like the ever since like the Russian bot, like Trump dossier, pissing, getting pissed on by like a stripper, fake story. It's just like ah, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Like I, I don't trust anything.
1: Who said the Iranian thing?
0: A uh, Cloudflare representative, I believe. I forget where I heard it.
1: Are we uh, for the 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 recent vulnerability?
0: No, not for the recent vulnerability. Just the that.
1: recent vulnerability. They don't know if it was compromised or not. It's just
0: yeah. The no, the Cloudflare thing I'm thinking about was like some podcast that was recorded months or yeah. years ago, even where they just got asked like, uh, oh, where's like?"
1: Look, every are, country, every country that is not dumb. has an active offensive program. cyber program. period. makes sense. makes 100% sense. um of course they do. America has we have arguably digitized more data than anyone else. um we're sitting ducks. We have all these different companies. We have a lot of different we're not we're not a you know an authoritarian a proper authoritarian government we have a a relative free market where we have all these different companies that got onto the internet for the first time in the 75 or 80 and they haven't updated their systems it's incredibly insecure and we're just sitting ducks out there and and you know the the chinese i think are more organized i think the russians are more organized they have a top down hierarchical organization and we're we're just we have all this data available for them that is valuable so of course they're going to harvest us for data so I actually don't I'm not discounting the fact that there are Chinese hackers that are compromising our systems I just think that it was convenient to press charges against them press charges against people that we don't have in custody on the day that the NSO stuff came out, and it came out from like Washington Post, Guardian, New York Times, like all the different publications, all at the same time, and well, then they hit—they hit with the Chinese uh, hackers were hitting us at the same time. So,
0: uh, it's also tiresome. It's also tiresome. With this Pegasus, uh, back to the topic at hand, which is this Pegasus, and mm-hmm. like, apparently it's like ephemeral, right? The way Apple set up. They can find it and patch it and then they have to like whack mole. Is that correct?
1: It's just constant. Yeah. You're constantly just looking for zero days. You're constantly looking for open exploits and you don't instead of reporting them, you exploit them and you make money off of it.
0: You attack journalists, you let them get murdered and cut up to pieces. And-
1: In India, we saw that they they got called out for they were hitting all their political opponents. Modi was hitting all his political opponents and journalists
0: i mean yeah uh, it's
1: definitely happening it's 100% happening
0: i mean tucker carlson's claiming that he's getting (laughs) spied on by by the the, nsa right yeah god damn it
1: i like ptc pins is, is in the comments he goes you never hear of iranian hackers because they're that good
0: right yeah it's um are we under the uh the cyber contagion the cyber pandemic that klaus schwab has warned us about for some time wasn't there like a major outage on a bunch of websites over in europe today i think a lot of bank websites and bank I,
1: I think akamai was i pre- definitely pronounced that wrong their gotcha. servers went down uh you know like the servers are run by like four different companies they like run the whole internet like we our next story is cloudflare you know, it's there's. I don't think you need a conspiracy theory for a bunch of sites to all go down at the same time. Uh, if they stay down for a long time, maybe you need a conspiracy. Now we we did. I saw something come through while we were recording that gives you a little bit of credence. And I always give credit where credit's due.
0: Oh, thank you. What what am I getting credit?
1: So the the Kaseya ransomware that we reported on uh, a couple episodes ago by the Revel ransomware group. Remember they hit this company, Kaseya, that like provides uh, they provide like management software to a bunch of different companies. So they like went through the Kaseya vulnerability and then they ransomware all of their customers or a bunch of their customers. And it was like arguably one of the large, at least by ransom amount, was one of the largest ransomware attacks ever. They disappeared no trace no communication from them no one knows where they went and kaseya supposedly has a decryptor tool that can unlock uh, their customers stuff and they say they got it from a trusted third party and they won't give any more sources on what that was hey so that is like hey. very that is very suspicious
0: hey hey very convenient not suspicious right Maybe convenient and suspicious. Uh,
1: it's it's conveniently suspicious.
0: Yes. I don't so I'll
1: give you that, but
0: tinfoil hat on Kamari's like, I don't trust these motherfuckers.
1: I give you that. Look, I, I I'm not saying that there's not gonna be false flag ransomware things within real ransomware things, but there's definitely real ransomware things going on. I agree. Um this kind of I haven't read the article, but I saw it come through. I mean, that that feels like a false flag. Uh, they made that a big thing, and then they just were like, "Oh, we got a decryptor tool. No one's gonna report on this. No one's gonna report on the decryptor tool going out."
0: Yeah, we found out. It. Um, oh, it was just like laying on a USB port. Oh yeah, we
1: just got a trusted third party. I also felt like it was like a nod to Bitcoiners like we love trust. You know, trusted third parties is like a bingo word for us. Uh, but yeah, they were like, "We gotta trust third party," but we don't know where it's coming from. Um, but yeah, this Cloudflare thing
0: trust third party.
1: You know, Cloudflare is this whole idea of uh, DDoS protection as a service, denial of service protection as a service. And it's because the internet infrastructure is not as robust as Bitcoin is. Uh, so it's susceptible to this idea of denial of service attacks where you just flood it with traffic and there's no cost of the spam like we have with transaction fees. And you can take a website down. So what happens is people pay a third party company to protect that for them. And they basically act as a man in the middle. We talk about man in the middle attacks. It's a it's a company or a person that sits in between you and whoever your counterparty is Um, If you go you know, if you go to a major site, if you go to like an Amazon or a Hulu or something, there is a, well, not Amazon, because Amazon like runs so many servers, they do it themselves. Uh, but if you go to like basically any Bitcoin exchange, they have a man in the middle provider that sits there and polices the, the denial of service attacks. And how can they do that? It's because there's economies of scale. If you have many servers around the world, you can check and see where attacks are happening and you can shift traffic. To the places where it's not happening so there is an economies of scale if you're a large provider cloudflare is one of the larger providers mostly because they offer a free service
0: i think they've got to have like a lion's share of the market cap or the total addressable market of
1: you know i always thought they did but then keto miner i think he's in here i saw him in the live chat earlier i don't know if he's still here um there's like three or four companies yeah that, that basically split it like kind of 25% each. Cloudflare, we know the most because they're the ones who offer a free product that you can scale into, right? Uh, like if you're, just a small, if you're just a small website, you can just get Cloudflare. And if you start getting a certain amount of traffic, then you have to start paying them, but they have a free option. Um, and that's just because they wanted economies of scale. They wanted to grow. There, it, was a, it was a user acquisition cost. Um, but yeah, there's like four or five companies that provide this service. And they act as basically man in the middles of all major providers. Like our boy Katan has this great blog, uh, K3tan, uh, K3tan.com, his personal blog. And he hosts that from his uh, closet. He self-hosts it, right? Like he hosts it from, and like he got on Hacker News, uh, and then just the site went down, right? Because just everyone was hitting, everyone was hitting his site, but at the same time a DDoS could take down his site as well. He thought he was getting DDoS. It turned out he got posted onto, onto Hacker News. But the point is, is he has to give up privacy if he wants to use a, a DDoS provider, uh, to protect him and that provider is going to sit between him and any person who reads his content um otherwise you're just sitting out in the open
0: we're all dogging it out in the open
1: my favorite theory is is that like if i was cloudflare like i would just attack all the sites that didn't use me (laughs) you just attack them and you're like oh yeah you come in we got an introductory offer
0: yeah then you send them like the
1: right it's like fantastic
0: i lead email like oh i heard you had some problem they
1: would be the best they would be the best compromised company like spooks you want to talk about spooks they'd be the best right i think like every pretty much every bitcoin exchange uses uses uh Cloud. if not cloudflare they use a competitor
0: well the reason we're we're talking about cloudflare is because they had a, a massive uh i guess 12 percent of the sites that were leveraging cloudflare no
1: it's 12 12 and a half percent of all internet sites so they're i think they're saying that cloudflare is 12 and a half percent of sites
0: okay it's material amount. so it affected eh, is that what bleeping computers say i'm not sure um because i read it earlier it's um Cloudflare has fixed a critical vulnerability in its free and open source Okay, so CDNJS. So they offered this open source, whatever a CDNJS is, and it impacted 12.7% of all websites on the internet. So I guess...
1: Not their customers, just all websites. anybody
0: leveraging this library or whatever this open source project is that they they released. I'm sure they leverage it as well. Um, Vulnerability exploits compromised... Excuse me, comprise publishing packages to Cloudflare's CDNJS using GitHub and NPM to trigger a path traversal vulnerability and eventually remote code execution. So remote code execution is not ideal, especially if you're running something like a, a Bitcoin exchange. Like imagine remotely executing a a Bitcoin transfer to your own wallet. You need the private key, but hopefully they don't hold their, hold their private keys on their servers.
1: I mean, they have hot wallets and shit. Yeah. It's more of a privacy risk, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, we have seen exchanges with Hot Wallets get exchange, excuse me, hacked for large amounts. Bitfinex, one hundred sixteen thousand and two hundred. Excuse me, twenty sixteen. Uh, obviously, most famously, Mt. Gox. What are the what was their final to- total? Like four hundred and twelve thousand Bitcoin. Maybe eight hundred thousand Bitcoin over the course of
1: what well lost? Yeah. I think like six hundred. I just maybe I just averaged the two numbers you said.
0: Yeah, um, it has happened before. I mean, yeah, Bitfinex was the last big one. Was that the last? Bi- uh, I guess you say Bitfinex
1: Quadriga. was massive.
0: Quadriga.
1: I can't believe Bitfinex got away with that shit.
0: I mean, it's it's what rolls into the uh, the tether ah. tether fud back back heavy in the news.
1: Can't believe Bitfinex got out of that shit. Good for them. Good for the users, man. The Mt. Gox people still have to got their money back.
0: But that's that's that class action lawsuit's close to coming to an end, correct?
1: Yeah, okay. We'll
0: see. I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) The Japanese move slow. Um, So, if any of you don't know, like the Mt. Gox customers who got hosed by Ed McCaleb handing a completely website to mark carpellis who was completely incompetent to be running that website um shit ton of bitcoin stolen but apparently so it's in it's a case of japan it falls under like japan
1: they have like a custodian of the funds that were left
0: and he was trading and, and he
1: made- w- he was able to sell funds at like near the top of last cycle that covered all of the you know, yen-denominated losses, and I thought it was, you know, um, it was like kind of it was a very well-timed move. And then like they waited one full cycle, and now we're like, have you know, went to like sixty k, and now we're like over thirty k. It's like, why did you sell? They like I that was four years ago. He was selling fucking coins at like eighteen k, seventeen k, sixteen k.
0: Still haven't distributed.
1: Haven't distributed shit.
0: No. Yeah. So be aware, freaks. Yeah, you know, the Bitfinex one was big, hundred and sixteen thousand. It was should...
1: like all their coin.
0: Yeah. Um, that's all we have on the list today. But I want to the... and they
1: had like the sketchy token thing. I don't know. it yeah, was but, like some like, bullshit that happened.
0: Tether spun out of, right?
1: No, no, no. They had tether before that. Okay.
0: Uh that was
1: twenty sixteen. If I recall correctly, the hack it was, was right before the 2017 run. We were at like
0: yeah, the hack was like October, November. 20- we were
1: at like a humble like seven hundred dollars a coin or something like that, six hundred dollars a coin. To all you bearish people out there,
0: well, that's what I wanted to bring it back to. You mentioned <laughs> in the episode that you've uh, you've been uh, not dueling, but you know, there's a bunch of bears and bulls coming at you on Twitter. What's what's going on?
1: I don't know, well, when we dipped under thirty k, all the haters came out.
0: Oh yeah, what were they saying? Who who came out specifically? Let's let's shit on the haters.
1: No, I'm not gonna. No. No, that's what they want.
0: Okay. The Barish at 29k. We're at 32 now. I'm back close to 33.
1: You know, I'm the first one to admit that I got ahead of myself a little bit, just a little bit K by conference day, just, just a, little... a little bit on 200k by conference day, but. To be fair, that was a microcosm. That was like a three-month period where we were pumping like fuck, and I got very excited. I do admit I got very excited. I should have stayed more humble.
0: These are heuristic. Let's let's jump. But
1: the point is, the point is, if you're, if 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 you're long-term bullish on Bitcoin, and you are just as you are getting your salary, putting it into Bitcoin. You're just staying humble. You're not leveraging up and you're stacking SAS. It has been an extremely successful investment strategy and I expect it to be in the future. That's the whole point. Did I stack the bottom in the most recent bottom? Yes. Did I stack 64K as well? Yes, I did. And I don't pretend to know where it goes short term. No idea. Except when I'm talking all caps on Twitter saying 200K by conference day. But... <laughs> I apologize.
0: <laughs> you don't have to apologize for anything. These are good lessons in heuristics to look out for uh, in, in upward price movements.
1: Uh, the mempool caught me more off guard than the price, to be honest.
0: The mempool, but like for
1: mempools, there's no mempool.
0: Grav comes out and he starts bringing out his parabolas, and, and Matt starts screaming 200K by conference day.
1: Okay. I don't know. We had like Scott Minard going like 500 K. I was like, I got to top that guy. I we... got fucking sailor, like hundred K party, you know, like, fuck you, man. Like, I'll just, I'll just go.
0: I'm uh, go. talking with you. Scott Minard just came out. It was like 12 K this week.
1: Yeah. I mean, fuck him. We're not going to go to 12 K.
0: If we did, I'd be stacking free. If
1: we, no, no. If we hit 12 K Marty, I'll show a strong face for the freaks. But I'll be like in the corner, like, oh my God, we're like, were we wrong? Like, are like, is this That's like, it. I do not think 12 K's in the card. Yep. I, I would be completely wrong.
0: Well, think about it. A perfect it state is. attack is uh, they're going to attack you. One of the most ardent, uh, stats. I'll be bullish for the freaks
1: in person, like live. Like I'll, I'll hold a strong face, but ha. Ah.
0: I don't like to hear this. I don't like to hear this.
1: Dude, twelve k is not in play.
0: You're giving the listener spooks. The spook. Fuck
1: world. anyone. No, anyone yeah. who. How do, we, how do
0: we kill Bitcoin? We demoralize Mad O'Dell to the point where he's crying in the corner.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, the fiat price of Bitcoin on regulated exchanges should not necessarily be trusted. But we are. I'm. We're so far away from twelve k. Like, I cannot. Uh,
0: Scott Minard saying we're going there, so prepare yourselves. Put on your. Scott
1: Minard's a little fuckface, you know. He's just like fucking around with people. He's loading up his bags right now, hundred percent loading up his bags right now. He doesn't have to report that shit.
0: I hope you're all loading up your bags. He doesn't have to report it because it's not a security. I
1: have no dry powder left. I just whatever dry powder I get at the end of the week goes into Bitcoin.
0: I've never been more bullish. There's never been a stronger need for Bitcoin again. Like we've been saying in the last couple of weeks, the increase in authori- authoritarian tendencies from politicians, regulators, kleptocrats around the world has been getting stronger and stronger. The the tendency towards normalizing something like a, a central bank that's just going to surveil you, like they're they're yeah.
1: The need for freedom money has never been stronger than this day. Like, what am I going to sell it for? What are you going to sell it for, Marty?
0: Not, not that CBDCB, and certainly.
1: What? So, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and there's other things too. It's happening on all angles. Like, Bitcoin's just getting swept up. Bitcoin's a tool that we can use to fight these authoritarians. And uh, it is just one tool. Another tool is uh, having. <laughs> I'm going to keep leaning into this reliable, cheap electricity um, that allows us to be productive. And they're attacking that too. There's Alex Epstein, who's been on this podcast before. Go listen to it if you haven't before. We had an incredible thread today. It just dove into like the completely asinine energy plan that is being put forward at at the federal level. and I, I don't even think it's like a bill that's going to be passed. It's literally like a...
1: Yeah, I was not humble at all.
0: <laughs> I'm it's, it's just
1: reading the comments. Sorry,
0: I can tell. I can tell. But this this clean energy oh, standard.
1: I'm never humble. This would I just. That's why I'm, I try and remind myself to stay you, humble.
0: You let me do my thing, and then you can talk about how. Sorry,
1: sorry. How continue. I apologize.
0: Continue. This is important. This is important. The clean energy standard. It would dictatorially mandate eighty percent clean, including fifty percent. Plus unreliable solar and wind energy electricity by 2030. <laughs> nine years, not even eight and a half years, less than eight and a half years. Like the powers that be. Like, I am. Maybe a, call me Marty Jones, call me tinfoil hat, call me conspiracy theory, call me paranoid Michael Saylor, whatever it may be. Alex Bent. Alex Bent, whatever you want to fucking call me. I, I like
1: Marty Jones. Marty Jones is better.
0: I don't fucking care. Like, I'm observing what is being said in front of me and just trying to come to logical conclusions about this. And the logical conclusion that I'm coming to uh, more and more these days is that there is a concerted effort to have like a controlled demolition of the economy and demoralize citizens around the world so that they can be cattle herded into.
1: Oh, hundred percent.
0: Like it's like asinine, especially like the energy stuff, like moving.
1: Oh yeah. Like I would not want to be in the natural gas industry right now.
0: No, it's great. Natural gas is fine. You don't want to be in nuclear or oil production. Natural gas, like, these people know that that the electricity that they're pushing people toward isn't reliable. And so, like, natural gas is the least dirty of the fossil fuels is what people will say. So, like, you need natural gas power facilities as a base load to... Come in, like that's what they're doing in New York right now. They decommissioned <laughs> that fucking nuclear power plant at point, and they're replacing it with the Idiots. natural gas power plants. Like. Don't point to me. I know, I know. Natural gas will be fine. I'm a New Yorker now. But again, like this is completely unnecessary. Whoa, whoa. Big admission. Big admission. You thought you were going to sneak that by me. You're a New Yorker now.
1: No, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you. Continue.
0: No, nah, I mean, yeah, you, got- you can go. You freaks have been listening. If you're new to this, uh, your uncle Marty is uh, very wary of. I
1: mean, I'm not going to defend New York. That's my point. Okay,
0: I'm very wary about the the push towards unreliable electricity sources as base load generation for a grid. I'm not anti renewable. I'm not anti wind and solar. Like on their face, like I do think there are unspoken trade offs on the front end of the supply curves about slave labor and coal use that people conveniently leave out of the conversation. Um,
1: yeah, that was not coming up at the B word. I'll tell no, you that much. So, so, correct me if I'm wrong. You're pro, you're pro-choice when it comes to energy. Pro-choice people should be able to pick whatever energy they want. Yes. Period.
0: Pro-choice. You're okay. Your electricity, your choice. I agree. I do not think. Uh, again, yes. As, as <laughs> unreliable base load energy so- sources should be forced on the markets.
1: Now. If I could just jump in here and just defend Caps O'Dell, okay? Caps O'Dell, you can look back at the records. Caps, Caps Odell, O'Dell
0: New Yorker. He's a New Yorker now.
1: Caps O'Dell started late January. We were at like 27K, 28K. I did get a little bit out of control, okay? I should have stayed more humble.
0: We're gonna win We're winning We're gonna win
1: We're gonna win yeah, All caps <laughs> uh, You know February we're at like 28k We went to 65k 64k We're sitting at 32k I don't think Caps Odell was that bad You know
0: I can't wait for Caps Odell
1: If we go to 12k Fuck Caps You know Caps Odell can go fuck himself I don't think that happens. I think I don't want to make short-term price predictions. Don't make,
0: don't do it. Oh, but, but what?
1: I'm not going to, but what I'm operating under is like a sideways until the fall. And then like, kind of like a 2013 type of situation where we have like a a second
0: freaks prepare for a pump tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Dude, I'm happy. Like, I mean, there could be a dump too, and I'd be wrong, but I, I, uh, that's like kind of what I've been operating under is, is kind of like I'd like sideways until, until the fall and then like we're going to have like a crazy pump. But that is, you know.
0: You've, you've fallen for the, like the 2013 cycle is going to repeat itself narrative. That's- no,
1: not exactly. I don't think it's going to repeat itself exactly. But uh, how is anyone with any kind of intelligence selling Bitcoin right now? Like I I feel the FOMO every day. Like I want to have as much bitcoin as possible. The one, but at the same time I understand it's summer, people are one, scared about covid all of a sudden again. One There's data, like, this whole macro element they're dumping stocks and shit.
0: Yeah, it's the macro backdrop is perfect for bitcoin. It's psychological at this point. One data point that I I'm thinking about using as an indicator that capitulation may have happened earlier this week is Alex Leishman's screenshot of the buy side.
1: That was so bad.
0: It was at 55%. I've never seen it below like 87.
1: No, Swan's buy side percentage was at a hundred percent though, because they don't allow people to sell.
0: (laughs) River allows both buying and selling, but I thought that was a very interesting data point. Yeah,
1: Marty makes a good point.
0: That made trend towards capitulation.
1: I mean Marty's owl makes a good point. What? I apologize. Uh that uh lowercase Odell is boring. You know, and that's that's just what it's is, you know.
0: I think I think Caps Odell took you above a hundred K. Is that why you did it?
1: I didn't no, I did not that I, you,
0: is that why you did it, Matt. You wanted to get over a hundred thousand followers. No,
1: it started it started with me making fun of the fucking all caps headlines accounts. Yeah,
0: the Bloomberg uh Bloomberg headline. Yeah.
1: I don't know, just have a good time. Applied, yeah. i look i think i don't i i think if you if you bought if you bought at 65k i did i did too i, I think it'll look super cheap in the future so I'm like i'm not really not that worried like i uh unless we had 12k then i'd be worried
0: if we had 12k it'd
1: be so bad like if i don't i i can't that oh. is not if not operating under that well
0: refining my father-in-law's house and buying more bitcoin
1: the only reason we're having this conversation is because it's three hours into the podcast so we know only the ride or die freaks are here
0: i think they're all ride or die i think you'd be surprised at the level of ride or die freaks that we have the number the ride, but like
1: i think like you look at 65 and it's going to be like six thousand or 650 you know like fucking imagine like People, people buying at six thousand when it went down to three thousand, they're like, "Oh fuck, we're fucked." Now you're like, "If I bought at seven thousand or eight thousand or ten thousand or twelve thousand, I'd be fantastic right now, right?" Well,
0: it's a good social attack on the network. Like, if it does hit twelve thousand, Bitcoin's still producing blocks, and they're forcing CBDCs on the like. That's the that seems like the perfect attack, right? Like, oh, Bitcoin's dead. Here take my C B D C B. Like be prepared for that, freaks. Mentally prepare for that. Visualize twelve K. Visualize. The
1: problem is if we hit twelve K, like I just will not have any capital to put in. Like I won't I won't I won't be able to buy that dip sufficiently.
0: That's when you lever up.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't lever up, freaks. I'm it's a you. long game.
0: I'm fucking with you.
1: Some people lever it up at like fifty thinking they could.
0: No, but seriously, like we're wargaming this out. That's a good social attack. Somehow suppress the price down to twelve k and get people dejected. Um, maybe it's happened before in the past. I mean, twenty fifteen summer twenty fifteen when it dropped to one eighty was probably the lowest <laughs> morale in the space.
1: Oh, uh, when in twenty
0: fifteen? Yeah, summer twenty fifteen.
1: Oh yeah, I was a fucking wreck. I was so I was like fuck I was wrong. Uh, there was I was like, like, but I'm gonna go down with the ship. I was like, I'll just go I'm a bag holder.
0: There was days I would go on Twitter and they're like literally my Bitcoin list, nobody would be talking about Bitcoin. There like, yeah,
1: I mean no, I mean like fucking Yeah, I mean there's 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 uh like there's heavyweights that have like tweets that just have like have three likes or something.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. it was pretty dead. Um It's been a great rip. I have to take a pee. Yeah. Should we keep it going? Nah. Yeah. I think
1: this is a good rip. I I look freaks. Um there's some people that'll tell you that that we're in a bear market, that it's like it's all over, that that we'll never pass the all time high again. Uh to those people I say have fun staying poor. You're not going to make it. If you got shook out by a short-term price movement, you never had a chance anyway with Bitcoin. So don't like take it personally. And long-term, this will all just be noise or we're wrong. But failure is not really an option because the alternative is CBDCBs and they're just going to surveil us everywhere anyway. So might as well fucking go all in, go fucking caps and make it worth it. But also stay humble.
0: I'm very happy you said that. Failure honestly freaks, like failure is not an option. Like I I want to really drive that point home. That's how like the stakes are this high. Like we need to succeed in ushering in this technology, this peer-to-peer digital cash system to the world. Like not everybody all at once, but we need to get a tipping point of mindshare that ensures that it will be here into perpetuity. I think the network is set up very well right now. We're going through a very big stress test with this hash rate migration. Hopefully uh, we get on the other end of the stress test successfully and that, that just emboldens people to have confidence to put value and transact via the Bitcoin network. But like this is a imperative technology that we need to ensure that we have liberty in the digital age. It's worth fighting for. There is a bunch of people out there on Twitter I've seen in my mentions this week who's like, "You are never going to win against these politicians. They're always going to win. The central banks are always going to win. Wall Street's always going to win. The institutions are always going to win. Like you are never going to be able to beat them." Like, like defeat fuck
1: you, that man. Quality. You fucking cuck. Like, are you exactly. fucking kidding me?
0: Stand up for something. Have some balls. Like, fight for something. This is something worth fighting for. And I hope that everybody here realizes that and that we should be fighting for this. And it's, it's. Again, worth fighting for. There That's
1: what makes me feel better about Caps is because we're all in. You know, we practice what we preach. Like, there's no.
0: Yeah, loser mind. There's
1: c- no sleight of hand here. <laughs> there's no the. You know, on paper we've lost a shit ton of money as well. <laughs> like this is uh, we're we're in it we're in it together. We'll go I'm ride or die. Let's fucking go. Yes,
0: and I'll end it with what Baraj said: stand up for something. I don't know if people are willing to stand up for something. Stand up for something. Bitcoin's worth standing up for. Matthew, it's always a goddamn pleasure.
1: Love you, bro. Love, love you, your freaks.
0: All right. Peace and love. it. Okay.